asked before. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Y'all warmed up. Holy cow, buddy. You've done a lot of podcasts. We're live. We're live. Hey, are we live right now? We are. Whew, I get this. Oh, man. Nervous. Okay. I'm glad you got the memo about the glasses, the black glasses. Thanks. Where's uh, there's never leave home without them. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you are staring at um, John Hackleman. Uh, I met John Hackleman. I don't know. Uh, I don't even know if we met, but the first time I saw him was either 2006 or 2007 at a CrossFit seminar. Maybe it's 2008. I don't know. But there was uh, Greg Glassman would invite people. Um, who are out of the space of CrossFit to teach a specialty kind of like one or two hour like um, seminars early in the morning, like at seven in the morning on a Sunday or Saturday. I can't remember. And one time this dude showed up with some young Brazilian kid named uh, Glover Teixeira. Yeah. <laughs> and, Glo and Glover pulled the, a rower harder than I've ever seen any human being pull the rower. And uh, after a while, I found out that uh, John Hackleman was the uh, the famous coach of uh, Chuck Liddell, uh, Glover Teixeira, and, and, and many, many others, uh, Court McGee. Court McGee, too, right? Yep. Uh, go on. Are you going to throw someone yeah. out there? Uh, Ramsey Nijam. I started with Tim. Tim Kennedy started with me. Uh, uh, Scott Adams. There's been a few. There's been a few along the way, even Von Flu with the Von Flu choke. But yeah, there's been some fighters. But I, yeah, what I was doing was the combative thing. You know, remember he, we had combative, and Glover also did, which they didn't think he could do. They challenged him to do a, 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 a overhead squat. And they against Nicole. Do against it. Nicole. Yeah, and he, he he did it, and then. They said, well, he could never do a muscle up. And he did it first try. Or maybe Glover was a try. freak, right? I mean, he is a freak. He is. He is. He's a, he's, he was the top. Him and Court McGee. Then when I got Court, Court was equally a freak. I mean, freak, he doesn't look all cut up, but he's doing back, Court, Court McGee, backflips. He's, he's pulling numbers like real, like uh, real um, concept two guys, rowers numbers like that not just a fighter i mean he took it to the next level he runs he runs a crazy mile and he never gets tired like that's two th court and and glover never get tired um let's not pass judgment on our guests please uh corbin that is uh, uh not not what we do here uh he said this dude rides a harley for sure let's let's make this a safe space for uh, john hackleman and not put him into that hurts it me. why would you even say that that's rude <laughs> hello uh, and what was crazier? So, so John comes, I meet him. Then he goes away to wherever he goes, San Luis Obispo, where he trains all of these monsters. And at the time I wasn't a big UFC fan like I am now. And, um, then, uh, we go visit him, um, at his training facility. And I think I went with Allison NYC. Do you remember her? The girl with the giant boobs? No. Okay. Good answer. Sorry, I forgot that. And, and Glover, um, did grace which was 135 pounds from ground to overhead and i think he maybe did it in the um uh you uh what's that called when like you walk into a dentist office or something in that room that you walk into like where you wait and sit what's that called lobby um, waiting room 
Uh, thank you. Yeah, waiting room lobby. Thank you, Caleb. You had like a lobby there at, at CrossFit, right? Or like a uh, like a front desk? Yes. And and you brought out a bar. It didn't even spin. It wasn't even a CrossFit bar. And it had metal weights on it. That, yeah. Like the little ones. And he did 135-pound grace for time. Do you remember that? No. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, 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 yeah. That, the the small prison weights, yeah. Yes, and it was fucking crazy. And I filmed it, and I'm pretty and sure we put it on. it didn't bounce. There was no rubber on it, and it was a it was a hard floor. It wasn't a it wasn't a rubber floor. So I mean, so he couldn't. He had no bounce at all. And then there was another time I met you, where we then came to your house to the actual yeah. training facility where you had a ring. You had some cage. like, what say it again? Cage. Cage. Yeah. Yeah. You had the cage, and you had. Thank you for the clarification. Words are important these days. This is two men talking, and we weren't talking about a ring. We're talking about a cage. Words are very okay. important. Hello. Cage. Yeah. And then you had the like the death shed up top, and then you had some wheelbarrows, and you had the the tires. And Dave Castro and uh, Bill Grundler and Dave Lipson and James Hobart and Rob um, – The buff guy. The buff Rob, guy. The, the power lifter. Rob Orlando. They all got From in the ring with Boston. your guys, including, yeah. um, including your son. Yeah. And Dave yeah, and uh, – four of the guys kind of just pussyfooted around, but Dave and um, Grundler actually fought with your guys and got tuned up a little bit. They bloodied Grundler's face up a little bit. I, I'm not going to – I won't admit or, or deny that, but there might have been, there been some, uh, some unnecessary violence. But God. Grendler took it like a champ, like he always does. Yeah. With that giant fucking nose of his, got, he got tuned up. That was that was that those noses never last very long in the because I had one just like his. My nose was like Grendler's. Hey, is that really true? So, um, uh, is that really true? You see the guys with the giant like, am I, am I fucked if I go into fighting? Is you see guys with giant noses? Volkanovsky has a fucking schnoz. He might, I, yeah, I've never really noticed, but they see, I started most of my career boxing so. In boxing, you get hit a lot more than you do in MMA. You know, MMA, it, 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 there's so much more to MMA. There's so many more facets and more, you know, there's more skills to have. And wrestling and in grappling is a huge one. So you don't just stand next to in front of each other and punch each other in the face over and over. So, um, yeah, maybe their noses do last a little longer. Hey, is that you with hair down there? <laughs> yeah. No shit. I, I was like 16, 17 maybe. But but what I'm saying is is if you have a big nose, does that mean it's going to get broken faster? Is that how is it is it just that? I mean that makes it's logical, but is that Period. just how it is? Period. Yeah, it will. It will. Okay, it here we go. Here we go. He's going to come to your house and kick your ass. Uh Daniel no. Garrity, how did Sevon land John Malkovich on the podcast? You son wow. of a bitch. Wow. Wow. It's a fucking tough. <laughs> Where where's Greg Glassman? I thought uh I Look thought it. he was gonna come up and kick our ass. He's he actually said that is what that's that uh what? that's uh that's John if he didn't get into fighting, oh. if he didn't get into martial arts. Wow. Hey, and Caleb's your son down there. Caleb's your son, your long lost son. Uh, Caleb, we're gonna spring that on him at the end of the show. The the woman Come that uh, the woman he had fathered a baby with that he doesn't know. Wow. 
Uh, I'm not even going to guess who that's with because it'll get me in trouble. But anyway, anyway, that's, yeah. So that's what we do. Yeah, CrossFit, CrossFit. I got in trouble for CrossFit name once, you know that? Like uh, you used it somewhere and like uh, the lawyers came after you? I use it everywhere. I still do. It's 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 all over our. We teach it. We have a CrossFit class, and uh, and they some lawyer called me once and and said something about I can't use. It. I got bullshit. I've been using it since like two thousand three or four, and the person that came up with it uh, was Greg Glassman. He said, "Well, what you do is you know a little more martial arts. It's not quite as much you know of the workout part." So. You know, why don't we just take what you do, call it CrossFit, you know, that way we're, we're CrossFit. And he actually, I think he designed the first t-shirts we had that were CrossFit t-shirts. So I was like, the owner did it. Anyway, the lawyer called me back in a couple of days. He goes, yeah, I talked it over. Just, you know, other people can't use it, but you, you're allowed to use it. So. I think I was with Greg when the lawyers called him and he basically said, are you out of your fucking mind? Do you know the fucking brand of value it gets being, uh, we get being affiliated with fucking John Hackleman. He's like, stop it. Leave him alone. Yeah. So they did. They did. And I, I still use it. But what happens was like, if my affiliates want to, want to label it and, and use it, I tell them they can't, I'm the only one that can. So I don't want to, I don't want to take advantage but every anyway. time John, every time John picks his hand up, Sevon flinches. He, they're they're faints. They're faints. Okay. Um, I, b- before we talk about how you met Greg, and I got a whole shit ton of questions for you. Why why the left hook? Um, uh, why you throw in the towel? Um, why uh, fighters uh, shouldn't fight? Why I got all these lies. I want to go back to baby uh, J- um, John Hackleman, uh, stay at home mom. Uh, dad was an uh, an intellectual, a writer. And uh, you're living in Hawaii. And uh, t- can we go back there? Um, how, how did your mom and dad meet? Mom and dad met in New York. And dad was, uh, I think he just got out of the Army. He, my dad got out of the Army, World War II. Then he went to West Point, And then he got out of West Point, And then he wanted to be a journalist. So he went to Columbia and got his master's, came back. He started working for the Associated Press. My mom's a... Was he a smarty pants, John? You remember t- your dad being a smart guy? Inquisitive? He's a very smart guy. He used to... I'd send him a loving letter from, like, when I was in basic training, how much I missed him. And he would, like, <clears throat> correct it and send, you know, send it back. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating. But he, he was that kind of guy that was always, like... He was a stickler, and he was very uh, methodical and smart. And he was the sports editor of our local paper, Um he got a job in Hawaii when I was five, six, maybe. And um, so he, he moved to Hawaii with the whole family. And we he started working for the newspaper there as a sports editor. From where? Where did you guys move from? New York. Okay. Yeah. And then my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And uh, Hawaii was a tough place to grow up, especially with blonde hair. Siblings? Um, I have a sister. And then we ended up having an adopted brother, who was a local guy that was kind of my mentor. Uh, not my mentor. He was more my protector. My mentor was my martial arts instructor and my dad. Um, and then I had a, 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 um, a counselor that was definitely a mentor. But, um, but my dad was a tough, strong... His nickname was Smiley Jim. 
No, Sunny Jim. His, his nickname. His name was Jim, and they they his his uh, his uh, his his staff his his and his the newspaper staff would call him Sunny Jim because he never smiled. He was not a smiler, a hugger, you know. Um, but he was he was a very kind kind man, a very f- fair mayor, man, but not a very talkative man, and definitely not a. Uh, not a smiler or a hugger, or, you know, but so that was Pops. And then I had a martial arts instructor that was just a badass killer that ended up in and out of prison a lot. And that was that was my mentor in in my fighting fighting life. Um, and he was he, he lacked the moral compass like my dad had, mm. but he was tougher and he was teaching me how to fight. You know, I started with him when I was 10 years old. So he was one of my mentors coming up. Um, John, before we go a, to that, before we go to that, go to that, I don't want you to jump too far ahead because I know. Tell me, um, why did your dad go in the army? Was did was, was he World drafted? Was he drafted? No, he he. It was during during World War II, but I think he joined, and he joined. He was li- he lived in Coronado, uh, the little island near San Diego, and his mom was a single mom because the father died when my dad was one and there was eight brothers and sisters. Wow. And she was, uh, she worked in the hotel Dell um, laundry room, which is still there. I've been there. Uh, the big, there. huge white hotel there, the famous one in Coronado. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. And so she worked there for like 30 plus years. And then my dad went off to the army after high school, lied about his age. He was 17. That's why we always thought he was one year older than he was. But, um, then he went in the army and, and uh, uh, when he got out, he, you know, he, he, he went after he went out, that's when he, he went to West Point. So he went to West Point. He already, he was already a war veteran. So it was kind of, it was kind of weird, but he did go to West Point and finish West Point And then he, then he got a job in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, uh, we brought up with strong values. Do they talk yeah, about um, values and being an American and things like that or, or no? From my dad, yes. From my mom, no. And and my dad, you know, they got divorced when I was eight or so. Uh, but my dad was a very staunch, strict. Like there was a surfing uh, club in Hawaii called the Outrigger Canoe Club. It's actually a canoe club, but they you, it was right on the beach in, near Diamond Head, and you could put your surfboard there and you could lock it up. So like for us, we lived in Kamaki, we'd have to hitchhike to the beach with our surfboards and it's hard to catch a ride to the beach, you know, and, and, and with a surfboard. So my dad got offered to be member of the outrigger canoe club. And that way I could just park, I could keep my board there and I, I could catch the bus to the beach. Right. Oh, right. Right. But, but they didn't allow Asians then. So my dad refused to, they were going to give him a free membership because he's a sports editor. So they want to have a, you know, they want to have him there for PR. But my dad wouldn't, wouldn't let me or wouldn't join because they wouldn't let Asians in. And I was like, I know, but I could put my surfboard there and then I could just catch the bus to the gym or to the, to the beach. It would make things easier on me. And you what know, year was that? Do you remember what year that was, John? I'm going to, I'm going to go with 70. So who's president then? Is that Nixon? I don't remember. I don't remember. Wow. Yeah. So are, are Hawaiians considered Asian? No. no. Islanders. No. Are, Islanders aren't. 
Polynesian. Yeah. Okay. No, okay. they're Polynesian. There's Polynesians, you know, Micronesians and um, Polynesians are the bigger, like the Samoans and the Tongans and the Fijians and the Hawaiians. So they're not, they're not considered Asian at all. But they got it. Uh, Richard Nixon was elected 37th president of the United States, 1969 to 74. Okay. I thought that shit was over by then. The, maybe, the, you know what? Maybe it was something that was, was done already, but it was, you know, it used to be, there was something, a bad taste in my dad's mouth about outrigger canoe club, because there was some kind of thing of, against Asians. I'm sure we could find out what it was, but I don't, I never really checked into it. All I knew was I still had to hitchhike with a surfboard because my dad had the values that he wasn't going to be, be, being a member of the uh, outrigger canoe club wasn't cheap. You know, it was for the, you know, it was for the upper level guy, you know, high end guys. But, and my dad, you know, being a sports writer for a newspaper, he didn't make any money. So that would have been perfect for him, but he refused to do it because he felt they were, they were prejudiced against Asians. So he wouldn't do it. So he did have a big, huge moral compass. Always do what's right. Always take your time. You know, whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I mean, he was, he was that kind of guy, gruff, uh, you know, he was not much of a smiler and he, a man of few words for the most part. Uh, but he was, a, he was a very, very good example for me in a lot of ways. You know, I would, I would win a fight and he wanted to teach me not to be a braggart or not to be a, you know, whatever. He wanted to keep me down, a, keep, keep me down a notch and keep my humility. So I'd win a fight and I'd be all proud. You know, I knocked some guy out and I'm in, you know, 16 years old, and this guy was in the Marines, and I'm the Golden Globe champ of the island, you know, or the state, and I'm all happy, you know. And my, so my dad's like, Yeah, good job, John. The guy wasn't very good, though, let me tell you. You know, oh, so wow. He, oh, wow. He was that guy. He was my dad, was that guy. And a lot of people uh, would be like, Oh, man, he's, he's, he's breaking you down. Why would he do that? And I never once thought my dad didn't think I was great. I knew he was just making sure that I kept my humility and I wasn't, I didn't become big headed. I always knew that. And it bothered, it bothered some people, but it, it never bothered me. And I never once thought, Oh, my dad doesn't think I'm good. I, you know, he just, I knew that's the way he was. Like when I got an A in, in, in algebra or physics in college, I didn't go to college till I was like 30 because I just, I had kids at 19 and I couldn't afford it. And I got an A and I never you really went to school much in, in Hawaii. And I was all proud of it. And, and my dad's response was, yeah, I think I took that class in eighth grade, John. Good job. Oh, so wow. That was, wow. So that wow. was my dad. But okay. I knew he loved me. I knew he loved me and I knew he was proud of me. He just didn't like to uh, express it. Um, your parents got a divorce eight, 11 years later, you had your first kid. That is crazy. Uh, when your parents got a divorce, did they did they both stay on the island? Yes. Did you go with your mom or your dad? I stayed with my mom in the house, and my dad moved. Uh, my he he moved like a mile away. He he had a little condo, and 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 he ended up getting married again pretty quickly. And and uh, you know we weren't that close. We I didn't see him that often, but you know I I always knew where he was. He was right there. I just I just started you know doing the martial arts. I spent a lot of time training and and. You know, I started that really young. And uh, why did you start the the Kill Howley Day thing? You know, growing up uh, in elementary school, I always heard about 
you know, how much they hate the white man. They're going to beat up the Howley. You heard about I, it or you, or you experienced it? Um, I think at that time I haven't really experienced it as much. Um, but I did get, you know, like fucking Howley once in a while, if you go somewhere, like we had a shopping center down the street and, you know, sometimes when I park my bike, you know, I, I see a local guy taking my bike and, and I, you know, he wasn't trying to steal, he was just messing with me. And then he, I remember one guy smacked me in the head once because I was saying, give me back my bike. And he said something about effing Howley. And, you know, so I, I heard about Kill Howley this and Kill Howley Day. And it just, I, it scared me. And we talk about it a lot in elementary school because usually this started heavy once I got to middle school. And I knew that things were going to, shit was going to hit the fan. So I started looking for a martial arts school on my own in the yellow pages. And I found one because um, I like the logo. So I called it and, and I found out what time the class was. And I jumped on a bus the next day and I went to class. And I walked into this 500 square foot room with a punching bag and a, and a pad again on the wall that you could punch. And I walked in and there's a bunch of people training with black uniforms. And I, and I thought, um, this is, I'm, this is my home from now on. This is, I'm never good. This is going to be me from now on. I felt so at home that first day. I never did anything but that again since 1970. Martial arts was it. Weren't the yellow pages awesome? Let your fingers do the walking. Yes, I loved it. I loved, I loved, even when I, I'm so old, even when I opened my first gym, I was using the yellow pages. Uh, Seema yeah. boobs, uh, Savon, wow, you changed your picture, a different angle on your boobs. That's nice to you. Thank you. Uh, you, you originally, the, um, don't you wish you had a computer? You'd see the boobs better, John. Originally, she had her boobs turned so that YouTube symbol was blocking a a larger portion of her boobs. Sevi just definitely worked out. Look at that grease. I'm, I did just, workout i'm pouring sweat thank you for noticing wow. um we got a fan holy shit <clears throat> there's a few people watching wow so john you uh so you go there did you see any movies or anything were you bruce lee fan up to that point or was it just like fuck i don't want to get my ass beat uh i was a huge bruce lee fan but i think that came a little after um i just my my main impotence was definitely when I hit junior high school, I don't want to get my ass kicked. And I, I knew I was going to a pretty rough junior high school. Um, my, my elementary school wasn't really a rough school. It, it was kind of in a nicer neighborhood. And then right next to it, there was kind of a tougher neighborhood. And that's where the junior high school was. So I knew, I knew things were going to change. And I, was, I asked my mom if we'd go back to the mainland. And she used to laugh and say, oh, shut up. It's not that bad here. Because as an adult, a working adult, you know, and a female... Uh, it was a lot di it's it was a lot different growing up as a as a, a white male in in Hawaii as it is than it is growing up as a a white female and i had long blonde hair then too by the way yeah right prove it um golf fox trot yankee i went to elementary school in hawaii mokule elementary in the early 70s kill Howley day was a real thing back then yeah, yeah. so i was in my 70s i was in the 70s too so, so yeah, it was a, it was a real thing. I mean, and 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 martial arts, martial arts stopped that. Stopped the kill. It stopped it. It, it uh, and 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 the, and I was lucky enough to go to a certain martial art where it wasn't just 
a Miyagi or a karate kid type guy. My guy was like, you know, Cobra Kai guy. He was like in and out of prison and he was a really, really rough guy. And um, training Functional there, fighting, functional fighting. He was a very functional, like, like, you know, they do all those crazy weapons that martial arts guys do. And most of them aren't functional. They're like, like, uh, I don't have one here. I had it, but they, and, and I used to ask him, Hey, how can we never do those weapons? He goes, shut the fuck up there. You know, if you want a weapon, get either a knife, a baseball bat or a gun. Other than that, we're going to use our fist. Okay. And he was, the, he would, I'd be a little kid saying, why are we doing, you know, such and such move. And he would just tell me, uh, shut the fuck up and keep training. Yeah. Something like that. Hey, um, John, um, uh, how old were you when you walked in there? I was 10. How far was it from your house? Uh, man, I'm going to have to Google that. It was it was 404P, Koi, and I lived on Kilauea Avenue. So it was it was two bus rides. Oh, shit. Uh, you mean a bus? Two- you paid the money, and then you'd get a transfer and wait for another yeah. bus? Yeah, I had to go to another bus. So I catch the bus right on 18th Ave. Then I catch my <laughs> second bus on uh, Wiley Ave, and that would get off on Kapilani and P. Koi, and I would walk about... I don't know, a couple hundred yards, and I'd be at 404 Picoy. Right now, 404 Picoy, that the building has been torn. The it was a strip mall. It's been torn down. Now, KHON, which is the Channel Two News, is actually on. Um, um, it's actually on that same spot. So I took some of my old fighters a few years ago, some of my old students to 404 Picoy, and I wanted to show them where I started. But this huge really modern building was there. And I was like, oh shit, it was been torn down. So I walked into the building and it's K-H-O-N News where my, where my dad did a little bit of, uh, he used to do some broadcasting once in a while when he was in the, on the newspaper. He tried, he, he did a little uh, news casting for, I don't know, about six months. It didn't really work out for him. But I walked in and somebody goes, hey, you're Jim Hackleman's son. And it was kind of weird. Oh, there. no yeah. shit. That's crazy. It's, yeah. And right across the street from that is Alamoana Shopping Center. It's hey, that's a, that's a trip. I, you would think that's that, the beach. There's Alamoana Shopping Center, right? Yeah. That's the parking lot. Is your, is, your, um, is your original coach still alive? No, he died in 2001. In prison? No, he died. Um, he died at home. He got he got a pardon. That's uh, that's Hawaii for you. The governor pardoned him, and then he get, he was out for a few years, and then he died. Um, but um, did you ever want yeah. to quit, John, in those early years, the first five years between eight and thirteen? I know I was ten and fifteen in the first five years. Ten and, and fifteen. I, ne- I never wanted to. I never. Not only did I never want to quit. I never wanted to stop going six days a week. Not even, there was nothing else I would want to do uh, more than that. I, I would never, you know, well, I can't come today because of this. I never missed class. I never would. That was, that was my life from that day. You hated holidays. If you heard the place was closed, you were pissed. You're like, dude, I, just stay open. I think at like 14 or 15, I already get, he gave me a key. I would just, I would go in and train even when they weren't open. I was, I was fanatical. I knew this was my life. It saved me at school. Like, uh, like when I started junior high school, I had already been training and I already had, I already had 
you know, that I already had the look that I knew that I wasn't going to be anybody's fucking, you know, victim. I wasn't going to be a, I wasn't going to be a, a nobody was going to take my lunch money, you know? And, um, and nobody did. And, and, you know, I got pushed a couple of times. I got, I don't mean physically, but I got pushed to where I had to either look away. Like some, a local guy would say, if you look back at a local, they say, what the fuck are you looking at, Howley? Or what? You like beef? Or don't give me stink eye or something. But I always had that look and they look at me and they say, what? I go, what, bro? And I never, I never backed down because just training there for like, you know, just training there for two or three years with him. Walter Godin was his name. Um, I, I just knew not, nobody physically would ever, ever intimidate me. And definitely not in school. And it didn't. And, and I, ne I never, I'll never get over that. that that's been with me, you know, a lot. And, and that's made that, and that confidence has brought me, you know, through everything from jobs to college to the military, you know, you always have that, that confidence where you just, you're not scared. You're just not scared of anything because, you know, you just, you're a martial artist. So anyway, that's 50, that, so, so you've been practicing 51 years now. 50, 53, wait, 53. I'm, I'm 63. So, Oh, okay. You're right. Yeah. Your math is better than mine. That it was be a 53. long time, long time, long time. And, and, um, John, is martial is martial arts your purpose? It's my purpose. It's my life. It's it's everything. You know. It's uh, you know, it, it makes you a better everything from from son to father to husband. You know, to employee, employer, but you're a protector also. You're a protector of your of your of your ohana, which is family, which means you know, community, your, your community. Um, and you're also, you know, you're also going to deter anybody from, from anything, you know, that's going to be, you know, hurt, you know, hurting any of our people. So I don't know. It's, it's a, Ohana is wow. a great area. Oh, there's one. Look at that picture. Yeah. That's an Ohana right there. That's a, that's, I mean, you know, Ohana doesn't have to be blood, you know? Uh, so family, Usually means blood, not always relative is, but so family would be Ohana more than relative, but Ohana, it means family. And, and, and uh, that's my family right there. So, you know, and, and the, the Glover's the man right there that, that connected us. Um, and Glover, Glover came into my life and you know, a couple of stories you told, he was, he, he was in the family immediately and he, he was the perfect member of the family he was caring he was he was uh humble he was he was helpful he was a protector he was a teacher he was a student and then he became a really really badass mma fighter um uh, this is uh, off subject here but he punched john jones in the face harder than i've ever seen any man get punched in the face he punched john in the face it's crazy that people don't talk about that fight more his fight with john jones is probably one of the greatest fights i've ever seen the amount of blows that those guys exchanged on each other's face was do you think john jones was on something i always thought he, like always, he, was, I, he must have been on pcp or, or but i think he was always on i think he's been doing and this I don't mean performance-enhancing drugs. I mean something else, like 
Like how how would a man get punched in the face? I mean, do do you do? You, I mean, I guess you you obviously remember that fight. You're in the corner of that fight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a nerve. I'm thinking about it. That was a nerve wracking. The whole that was a nerve wracking experience. But you know, John Jones, I I feel like is not a fair one to. Uh, judge on any other fighter because I feel like he never was fair in his, in his, in his fights. Like he always brought a secret weapon in. like, like if our guy came in with a cast on his, you know, on his hands or a baseball bat in the cage and started using that, that's how I feel like uh, steroids are. I think it gives people that much of a unfair advantage. And I, I, I really do. And I think they do too, because if they didn't, they wouldn't risk doing them. They would. They? Or the I mean, EPO, right? Or the EPO. EPO, yeah. EPO is a different way. I think EPO is more for an endurance athlete. Even right. though a couple of our fighters did it, and I don't think that really helps quite as much. It might in your training, part of your training, but I think the explosive uh, steroids, you know, more of the testosterone boosters and testosterone uh, um, drug enhancing drugs are more of an explosion like a fight is, but like EPO would be more, you need oxygen from that hemoglobin. And all of a sudden now you have more hemoglobin to pass out the oxygen. And that's what the EPO does. And that's good for like, you know, like for the grand, you know, the grand prix or whatever the guy did, what's it called with the bikes, grand prix, uh, um, the tour de France. But how about even for, even for heavyweights, I would think EPO would be fantastic for, you know, for championship fights. Yeah, and, and mainly for the training, but but uh, but either way, there it's 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 like severe cheating, and it should be treated like that. Like it's like bringing a weapon into the cage because you're not even on the same level as that person. Like a man you, fighting a woman. It, it. I mean, you could it could go that way. I mean, you could you could use that as an example. I think it's just like a. I, I like to think of it as bringing a weapon into the cage. You know, like like maybe a uh, like a cast on your hand instead of gloves, or or some kind of bat. You know, something is right. very unfair, and and you know that's, and, you know, my guys have never ever done that, but it it seems it was prevalent for a while. Now it's not as prevalent, but some guys who have been doing it that long, I think they know how to. You know, they know how to. What do you call cycle it, and they know how to. They know how to microdose it so they don't get busted, but it's still cheating. And to me, once someone does that, like I never look at, like uh, I never look at um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and think, "Wow, that guy has a great physique," because you know it's 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 a, a good portion a portion of his physique was made because of the steroids. So like all I wouldn't think so I wouldn't think look at it, someone like that and think. I don't look at Jose Canseco or Barry Bonds and go, wow, those guys are great home run hitters because I know that they needed help to do it. Mm. And of course, when, when, when steroid guys say, well, it doesn't really make that much difference, you wouldn't have done it if it doesn't. You're not going to risk all that if it didn't really help you a lot and if you didn't need it. So I don't know. I, always, I, I have a sore spot for that. You know, A lot of it was because of Glover's fight with John Jones. Well, if, if that if... – if there wasn't a John Jones or Glover would have won that fight, Glover probably would have been the reigning champ for many, 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 many. It would I, I don't know who would have stopped him. 
Yeah, yeah, that, and then and then he got taken away right, right there, right. He got he got taken away because meaning the, he lost his visa and he had to go back to Brazil. Yep, and he yeah. and and he was only going to go back for a few months, and it ended up being close to four years. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, it was really crazy, and it was a terrible. It was it was you know it's a little like Ali with the with the Vietnam thing, Muhammad Ali. Losing like some that. of his best years, and, and then and then I, I guess to since we've gone down this route. What Glover did, man, it must be a trip for you to see your, your buddy get in so many fucking crazy fights. The, that fight he had with the guy with the with the yeah, th that was absolutely bizarre. That was that was that was like that hurt me. Even I mean I don't know. I've only met Glover three times, and it's been fifteen years since I've seen him. But that hurt me to see him have to go through that. And then and then he came back and won the fucking title. And now he's got that other freak of nature at his house. Yeah. Alex. <laughs> yeah. Is, uh, let's start there. Uh, crazy. Can you even believe the journey Glover took? It, it's it, like it, it, when, when I talk about, when I think about Glover, um, you know, Chuck too, but Glover in a different way. Um, when I think about him, it just boggles my mind that people even have the audacity to say, well, I'm too, I'm too busy for that, you know, because Glover, while he was training to win a world UFC title, while he was training, he was running a full martial arts gym, like the one I have, a little smaller, but like that. And he was training a full-on MMA team. I mean, you know, these are guys that are fighting in the UFC, Bellator, and stuff like that. So... He's doing all that while he's training for his own UFC title fight, right? And now he also is not only a homeowner, but he owns rental property, right? He owns rental pop property in here and in in, uh, in Brazil. And he just, he has so much shit going on and he's such a down-to-earth, humble guy. It's crazy. Glover Teixeira is... is uh, He's one of the most amazing humans on the planet and his humility and his, is just all he does and has done is unbelievable. Um, in the interview you did with Joe Rogan, um, you said something about that. There's um, when you were talking about steroids, you also said, Hey, just like there's different kinds of men. There's this one kind of man that has a certain kind of bone. And I, I think what you meant by that is not the bone in the pants. And I see that bone in Alex Pajaya. Pahea has that. I tell everyone he's got a. That is not a jaw. That's a horse mandible. He's made of different bones. Is that? Do you get that vibe from Pahea that he's not like he's part alien? He's an avatar or something? Um, I get. I get part of it. Uh, I, the biggest part is when when you see bone. You know the bone. Um, the bone. Just keep saying the bone. It's good for the ratings. The bone. It, it is. It's. Um, what what happens with the bone if you use God, it? God, look at your knuckles, those poor things. <laughs> the bone, bro. This is these. I've had these. I just had them. My, They're not even lined up straight across. Look, what is that one? Those two on the bottom aren't even. What are those? <laughs> don't don't be a bone phobe. Don't be a fist phobic, okay? The bone phobic. Oh, man, that, I'm getting triggered right now. I'm getting. I understand. Triggered. I understand. I'll settle down. But, but my my best friend's a, a North Bay surgeon. He. He was like, I, mean, I got because I hit the I hit a lot of stuff. He wanted to test my bone density of my hands against 
you know, other people my age. He says he said average three times more denser. The bones um, in your hands, the twenty eight yes. bones in your wow. Twenty eight. I learned that from listening to your podcast too. Twenty eight bones in the hand. Yeah, and so uh, when when Alex punched me with a pad, I had a pad holding a pad. There was a pad between my chest and his fist. He punched so fucking hard. I was in Vegas that day and I was training him. I, I forget what, I think Glover was fighting, but he was there. So I was letting him work out. When I went back, I was laying in my bed and I was thinking, I got to call 911. I felt like the pain in my fucking sternum. I felt my sternum was cracked and I had some kind of, you know, I had some kind of cardio. Some like kind you were of having a Dinar Hamlin, like like the inje- like when you got the injection and you had myocarditis, and he had, he he <laughs> had. You I felt like no, I felt like not myocarditis. I had cardiomegaly, which is when your heart starts blowing up because I felt like it was starting to blow up. I was laying there, and then I started imagining all this shit. I was like one fucking second away from calling nine one. I was like, oh shit, I'm never let. So the next day, we went back to the training room. I'm saying. Stay the fuck away from me, bro. You think Just, he bruised your heart, maybe? He he oh god, yes, he did. I I he definitely made it feel weird. He hits that hard. He hits like you know who else hits really hard is Glover. But Glover has it. more of a see what uh uh Alex has this straight just fucking just this like a fucking brick and it's just knocks you unconscious. Glover is more like Mike Tyson with the looping overhand hooks and shit. He hits like Mike Tyson, you know, and that's who I had him studying when I first got him. When I first got him within the first week, I watched him train. I go, you're going to fight like a lot like Mike Tyson. So I gave him all this homework to study Mike Tyson videos. Chuck, on the other hand, Chuck had a special timing. It didn't even have to be as strong as he is or powerful his was all about the timing. He could he could be backing up like with Vernon White, hit you just right there, and you just knocked out. Like, you know, like Randy Couture or whatever. His knockouts were just fucking, he had the power and the speed uh, just to knock you out that way. So they're all incredible knockout fighters, but from for different reasons. Um, uh, Caleb, um, you must be so happy. He said the word hemoglobin. We've talked about 28 bones in the hand. He said cardio megaly, 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 schmegly. Uh, he knows a lot. It's a few times in the, in the Rogan podcast, I had to pause it and look up some medical terms. Uh, he was using, man, Joe was so excited to talk to you. Did you see he, I've never seen him that excited. I went, that was episode 444. Um, I, I've, I guess I've never, I haven't listened to many, very many full episodes of his. Usually it's just clips, but man, he was, he was guy. on fire when you were in there. He's a good guy. He just, he just mentioned me a couple weeks ago and, uh, man, I, 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 I'm so, I'm so, uh, humbled for that. I'm so, I, I'm just so happy that, that I'm, I'm, you know, he's, you know, he's kind enough to mention me on his podcast. You know, he talked about my training facility and how hard I train the guys and, uh, He's a he's an incredible guy, you know. He's uh, he's he reminds me of uh, uh, Tony Robbins a lot, you know, because uh, wow, both, that's I'm, that's a cra- I didn't see that comparison coming. You know why? Because because um, they're both so they 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 take due diligence the word due diligence so seriously. So like when they tell tell you something, 
You know, a lot of people say to me, yeah, 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 yeah. But when they tell you something, you know, they've studied it. They've done their due diligence and they're both smart. I mean, they're both smart as shit. I mean, they're super smart, both of them. And um, like, like I wanted to find something out about stem cells. So um, I listened to Joe Rogan's uh, podcast, got, got so much info. And then I called uh, Tony Robbins. Like, you know, you got any ideas? My wife, you know, she's got some this and this. this. He sends me back, like, he's, he texted me back all this uh, stuff on stem cells. And he's just, and or, or when the shot came, like for the vaccine, you know, I was like, who else do I ask? I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a registered nurse. I, I asked. All these oh doctors. shit! You are registered from the, you were a nurse in the army. No, I, I was oh. a nurse when I got out of the army. Oh, okay, okay. I was an ER nurse. I worked at the prison and but um and at the Quackadoodle home, right? You worked in a mental hospital. I worked at the uh, yes, I did at Atascadero State Hospital for the criminally Ooh. insane. At, was but, it Atascadero? Uh, that's where you worked. Yeah, that's that's like twenty miles north of us. Yeah, it's a that's famous where, place, but buddy, that's a famous. Uh, yeah, that's where Tim Kennedy's from. Is is it closed? Is that is that that they're home, open? That, wow, they're open. What uh, I I got one student that still works there. Um, but, okay, so uh, back to so back to you were saying something about Rogan. Oh, oh he's a student. You were saying he uh, does his due diligence. He yeah, they do their due due diligence. So when like when the shop thing came, like the vaccine, um, I wanted some information, you know, and uh, so I'm asking all my doc friends. They don't know. They're they're like, oh yeah, it's gonna be, and about the mask. Oh, you gotta wear the mask. And I I knew that wasn't true because I used to be a respiratory therapist before I was a registered nurse. So I'm really key on on pulmonary function and and you know the whole pulmonary system. So I knew the mask thing wasn't real. I knew that. I knew you know technically I knew that. I knew that wasn't work. So when I asked these doctors were saying about the mask and my friends, some of my friends are doctors. And they were talking about the mask, like why you should wear it. So I knew they were just doing the propaganda. So I was like, I'm not going to ask them anymore. So I asked, you know, Tony. And he came up with all the studies and all this. And he is such a fucking sharp guy. And, and they had the resources to get all, you know, help, you know, get the help from all the people. And so it's just it's, it, those having those two Did guys. Did you get it? Knowing them. What? Did you get it? I had to. How come? Because I couldn't have gone to Glover's title fight if I didn't. In which in which country? That was in Abu Dhabi. That was in uh, that was in uh, what was it? Abu Abu Dhabi. It was in Abu Dhabi. John, couldn't you have just been like shoot that on the floor? Yeah, you that needle. Yeah. Shoot that on the floor. <laughs> yeah, I, you know. Good. Shoot that, that on be, the floor. That would have been. That's what I wanted to do, but um, but. I, I don't know. I would never want to have that kind of, um, I don't know how that could come on the press. If somebody said, yeah, and he came in this karate guy, you know, like the gun on the roof thing you heard about our gun on the roof thing. No. During, during the BLM riots and we had guns on the roof. You never heard about that. Oh, in, sl in, sl in slow. In a row Grandy where I live. Oh, that's we're, cool. We're one, we're one town South of uh, slow, but, um, Oh, we got we got turned upside down. You know, we were called white supremacists. They were calling for the shutdown because you didn't yeah. want your business burned down. You were white supremacists. Yeah, I wanted. To, I wanted. To, <laughs> yeah, I wanted my. I wanted to protect my business, right. and I was a white supremacist. The week before our our BLM riot, which didn't turn into much of a riot, but I didn't know that. 
a 10th planet in, in Long Beach got burned to the ground. Oh, God. So not, not for anything. They weren't trying to steal anything because people go, oh, who, what are they trying to steal? A heavy bag? Why would you have to do that? I go, they don't want to steal. They want to fucking break glass and burn things down. I don't have fucking riot insurance and I don't know how to fight a riot. I've never, I fought MMA guys and kickboxers and boxers and, and street fighters. I've never fought a riot, so I don't know what to do. So the only thing I could think of was the Koreans during the LA riots. I remember and that. I remember they were the only stores that weren't getting, you know, broken into. So I had a couple of my guys on the, on the roof with AR-15, sorry. And then next thing I know, there's a fucking council, city council meeting to shut us down and we're white, where there's hashtag boycott the pit, white supremacy, yada, yada, yada. So it, you should it have almost, painted yourself, you should have painted yourself black. Anyway, but that I, doesn't work. Hey, a uh, mad mar of rooftop, rooftop Koreans. Yeah, so they were, and nobody called them. Nobody oh called them racist. shit, that is gangster. Look at that cigarette in that dude's mouth. Wow. Try, try ours. Try to do a uh, uh, rooftop pit. The Cross pit. pit. The pit of Randy. Right, uh, guns on the roof. Did you take pictures of yourself up there? Oh, I know, but a lot of people did. And we were on the news. We were in this. <laughs> I was trying to keep it low key, but it ended up being very high key. You, you, oh, it looks like I see Caleb's digging around. But yeah, it's, it's so it, it got, I mean, that was, that was kind of a big thing. And, you know, having that kind of, uh, oh, this guy's teaching martial arts. Wait, you can't you fight with your hands. Why do you have to use guns? And just, that hey, I bet you Dana sense. didn't get the shot. What? I bet you Dana didn't take the shot. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think he did. Um, yeah, but and, but he went places where you were probably supposed to take it. Yeah, but I yeah, and he's also a what, Dana White, hundred thirty million dollar mega superstar, and he took a private jet everywhere he went, including fucking Abu Dhabi and shit. We I wasn't, but no, the thing was, so they said if we can't get in at all, we can't go anywhere if we didn't have. Uh, Oh, there. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> and, okay, let me tell you something. With them, they're calling me a white supremacist, right? Uh -huh. that, that guy, that's he's like a half black, half Mexican guy. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, they were calling me white supremacist. I've never been called white anything before. <laughs> but anyway, he's one of my students. Yeah, I have two of them up there. But um. It, it was pretty, it was pretty clear, but they said, you can, Clover called me, goes, coach, I know how you feel about the shot, you know, and, you know, I'm not going to blame you if you don't come. I understand if you can't make it, you know, I, I'm never going to make you do that. I would never do that. But if you don't get the shot, you just can't come. This was his title fight, you know, so. Against like, who? Against, uh, against Pro Probiscus? No, this was the next one when he fought Jan. Oh, oh the one he won. The one he won. The yeah. title. Yeah. So this one, he won the title. So everybody's telling me, you know, my wife is, my wife is, she wouldn't, she, she never got it. She wouldn't get it. Um, but she, I mean, that's my wife. You know, she just looked at me. She says, you got to do it, John. You got to do this for Glover. You're never going to live with yourself if you're not in his corner for that title fight. You, you with him his first fight and you need to do it. So, I mean, some of my some of my close friends that were on that side were like, "You better not get it. You better not get it." It's like, 
you know, I didn't know what to do. I was, I was lost, you know? So I kept hearing about these fake cards you get, you know, you get yeah, yeah, yeah. Cards. We bought those in our doc from a doctor and the doctor, the FBI ended up fucking that doctor up. Yeah. So I, I, I just figured if it was in America, just somewhere, kidding. I'm I just would... kidding. We didn't do that. I'm just kidding. Uh, okay. Go ahead. Yes, sir, go ahead. If, if it was in America, I probably would have risked it. But being in Abu Dhabi, if they find some false documents while I'm in that country, I, I just, I just couldn't see that happening. Yeah. So I got the shot. I got the one, I got the uh, Johnson Johnson. Cause that was just one shot. And me and one of the other trainers, we both weren't going to get the shot, but we, we talked and we go, okay, I'll get it. You get it. We got to do this for Glover. Let's get the J and J and we'll do it together. Cause we got to be there for Glover. I mean, fuck it. I'll, I'll risk it for Glover. So we both did it and, and we ended up so far. I didn't, I didn't. <laughs> How long so ago did you get it? How long ago did you get it? I, I I'm gonna say like three months Year. before that fight. Okay. It was a couple of years. Yeah. Do Do you remember that? Do you remember that fighter who died in Canada? Sorry, I don't mean to beat a dead horse, but a fighter died in Canada of um, like liver cancer. He was like 30. He's a UFC fighter. This is last year, or kidney cancer. And they said. They said, hey, it's really rare that uh, someone dies of this cancer. And I looked it up. And it's not that it fucking was rare. It was like he was the only dude in North America who died of that cancer. And, and of course, he's Canadian. Anyway, I, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But anyway, I think you're going to be fine. You're good. Sorry. I don't mean to like stress you out. You stressed out about you took it? Am I stressing you out? No, I was stressed out right after I came back because my daughter gave me the hardest time in the world. She would call me like every day. You still alive? You still alive? Oh, she would call God, me like yeah. every two texting me. You okay? You all right? You breathing? I was like, so. anyway, that's my daughter. She has a sense of humor. Uh, John Hackleman been around since the the birth of MMA. Um, friends with Greg Glassman. Friends with Tony Robbins. Friends with Joe Rogan. Friends with made a new friend, uh, Alex Pahey. You can't talk to Pahey, right? He speaks uh, only only Portuguese. Yeah, he's he's learning. He's starting to pick up on. Uh, but I mean, to be honest, like I mean, that's Glover's guy, and he travels around a lot. And when I'm in town, we'll hang out, we'll do something. But we're not, we're not like I don't call him or anything. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in touch with Glover and one of his trainers, and uh, um, but I'm not really. And Glover's coming out here actually in a couple. I don't, I don't know when he's coming, but we're going. To, we're meeting in Hawaii in November. That's the next time I, I know. I was going to do his his grappling match last week, but. There was all kind of problems with the flight, so we didn't go. Oh, how did he do against in that? He won. Yeah, we, I mean that's his bread and butter, right? I know it's funny in the Rogan fight. No, you, you, it's not. You, well, you say that, and Rogan said that, but when I picture Glover fighting, you're gonna hate what I'm about to say. I picture him is getting in a compromised position, basically charging the guy, taking a few really unnecessary hard shots, and then taking a guy down and submitting him. That's how I think of Glover. Okay, that's that's Glover's last six fights. Okay, okay, fair. So when Glover when Glover started, he was known as a knockout puncher. He, he and his learning, he didn't learn. He, even though he's Brazil, uh, you know, from Brazil, he learned with the striking first. Okay. So he was a striker before he ever did jujitsu, um, and um, but um, okay, okay. And you know what? Yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a I came on to the UFC scene after George St. Pierre, like right. George St. Pierre retired, and I and I started watching UFC. So I'm I'm relatively new. Yeah, so that's where Glover's more known as more of a knockout puncher. But then towards the end of his towards the end of his career, after his long stay in Brazil for the immigration thing, 
when he came back, he was a step slower, just a step slower, and he wasn't landing the punches as well. So he was starting to get beat with the stand-up. So he adapted. He was always a strong guy with a you know good takedown. He he started uh, grappling a lot more to get the guy down and pound him there. Um, when when uh, is is fighting? Um, I, I heard Dana White say this the other day, or I don't know if I should say the other day, but it was like three years ago. And I try to remind like Cross. The other day. Okay, the other day. Um, uh, you have fighting, you fighting the UFC is not a job. I, I, I don't want to misquote him. It was so beautiful the way he said it. Fighting the UFC is not a job. It's an opportunity. And by that, I think he kind of meant like, Hey man, like this isn't, and I, I think I've heard you speak about this on, on the Rogan podcast too, that it's not, it, it's not guaranteed money. Like, Hey, like this is a tough, tough road to hoe. Um, but not only for the fighters, but for the trainers. But when I can you kind of lay out if can you kind of, like this is what I picture in my head. There's a fighter, he wants to fight, he finally makes it to the, he's been living in his parents' basement fighting and working a job at Starbucks. He finally makes it to the UFC. He fights two fights a year, and I picture him as still being basically broke because he makes and I'm not complaining about the pay. I'm just saying uh, it's a tough road to hoe. You make thirty thousand dollars. Never complain about the pay. Love Dana. Love every, love love peace and love. And I hate but, guys. And I hate guys that complain about the pay that are still getting paid. Even better. Um. Okay. So so you make it to the UFC. You make thirty thousand dollars one fight. You make thirty thousand dollars the next fight. Um. You pay ten thousand dollars to taxes. That gives you fifty thousand dollars. Um. Twenty of that goes to rent. You have thirty thousand left. You give. Where does it end up that you have money to pay your trainer? Like by the time, like how do people do it? How how do you do it? How how do the coaches stay in business? How do the fighters stay in business? How do people do it? And it's even worse in CrossFit. Like in CrossFit, like at least the UFC is a fucking multi-billion-dollar sport. CrossFit's a multi-million-dollar sport. Well, not even a multi-ten-million-dollar sport. This is what, this is the part that really. Really fucking irritates the shit out of me. Good, I when love people, it. When people talk about the UFC and they don't pay enough, and we're gonna do a. I wasn't suggesting that, by the way, at all. I know, I know. Okay, okay, okay. We're gonna do a union and fighters. They don't get paid enough. They're this and this and this. The UFC is so cheap. Dana makes all this. Go to a different organization. Then they got right. Bellator. They got PFL, LFA, fucking Tachi Pal. Go somewhere else. Why are they? They're only coming at the UFC for more money because because they have the most money. Why not go to one of the other shows if you think? Because the UFC it's not a sport. The MMA is a sport. The UFC is just one of the promotions. It'd be like you know if 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 you if you go to you know if you go to uh, Bob Arum, he's not paying enough. You go to the what's called with the crazy hair, right? Don Don King, yeah. Don go to Don King, but. If Don King doesn't pay enough, go to go to one of the other promoters. You but, could go to the Trans Vestfight one, um, Oscar De La Hoya. He's, he's doing what? Uh, you go. <laughs> you could go to the Trans Vestite promoter, Oscar De La Hoya. I see a Trans You haven't seen uh, Oscar is a crossdresser. You didn't know that? No. Yes. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. No judgment. No judgment. You don't. I don't judge either. Yeah. But, cross, um, he just he likes his cocaine and he crossdresses. Yeah. You didn't know that. That is not. Show me a picture. 
Okay, Caleb, can you find Oscar De La Hoya? Not, oh. not a Photoshop. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> that one might be. Fo- I don't know if that one's Photoshop, but yeah, look up. Um, look up just De La Hoya cross dressing. Yeah, I think I think De La Hoya swings for both bats for both teams. He's a good dude. He's he's fair. I, I don't think I've ever met him. To tell you the truth, <laughs> let's see. Here bad, we go. He was a badass fighter in his day, man. Amazing. People forget that because he's yeah. he's taking such a different role now, and he he comes at it with a different from a different angle. But he was a fucking one of the best fighters of our one of the best boxers of our era. <laughs> Is that real? Is that real, Caleb? That, that looks, looks like Antonio real. Bonuelos. He's one of my fighters. Oh, now oh, yeah, you learned something a, new. You have a bipolar, bisexual, bilingual fighter. Yes, he's here right now because downstairs right now, I'm in my office. Downstairs is uh, my my uh, grandson's birthday party. Is he, He's having it at the gym. We have a lot of birthday parties at this gym. And Antonio happens to be here. And you you have um, huge kids' classes. Huge. They're huge. They are big. They're, they're, I never... I never thought they'd be this. A lot of this, to be honest, a lot of this stuff came on. We were pretty big already, but uh, after the whole Corona thing and the BLM thing and people like people left like right then when it happened and they go, I don't want to train with that white supremacist. I'm going to take our kids away and yada, yada. So like maybe 10 or 15 left, but like 50 came, you know, it's like, uh, there's so many people. Go, yeah, how does, some of this how does someone meet America. you? And what? think that, by the way, for those people who don't know, if you can't tell, John is very open. Like, most fighters are really open. Most wrestlers are open. Most, these guys roll around with other guys in their skivvies. They're not. How does, and, 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 and every ethnicity is fucking in these, in these clubs. These are the least likely places where there's any of that shit. It's crazy. How does anyone not see that? Do you, you know, and I don't think wrestling is gay. Um, it's gay. It's gay. Gayish. No, no. Gayish. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. All that fighting shit is, dude. Saturday nights, it's gay. UFC is gay. Wrestling is not gay unless you have punches with it. And the guys <laughs> that wrestle without punching, that's gay. That's okay, very okay. gay. Okay. Okay. But if you're if you're trying to punch someone and keep them away from you and knock them unconscious, you're not gay. But if you're holding them and squeezing them and rotating your hips against theirs and rolling positions and getting their back and stuff like that. Yeah, you're that's right. That's you're right. That sounds like what I do with my wife with minus the punching part. I just don't punch you. Wow. You don't punch your wife? Oh, <laughs> I don't t- please don't tell my wife that because <laughs> she'll think she doesn't have to get punched anymore. <laughs> hey John, did people really send you letters and, and, and or or tell you that hey you you really got that white supremacy thing? You're not joking. Oh yeah, oh, we were fucking on every news station here in the in the magazine or in the newspaper. Did it hurt your feelings, or did you feel um, like you had to be defensive? I, this this is an emotional thing for me, seriously, because because it doesn't it doesn't really bother me. I don't really care. I grew up in Hawaii, where I was called the fuck. If if you're black and and they called you the N word in this day and age. I don't think you're being called the N-word like every day. Like I was called fucking Howley like every day. I was punched in the face. I was called fucking Howley by teachers. By teachers. Oh, wow. Um, so Which puts a target mind. on your back. Once the teachers disrespect you, just it's like carte blanche. Fuck it's, with it's, that dude. Yeah. It was, it was terrible. But so I don't I don't really mind that part at all. Um, 
But but it bothered me because this is the only part that bothered me. The night that that happened and it was in the news, it was all over the internet. My mom called me from Hawaii. And she's really far the other way, far, far, far. And she yelled at me and called me a white. She called me a fucking uh, racist. And that that killed me because I know her. She raised me. Right. And that, I, my, you know, it, that really broke, broke me. And I, I never yelled at my mom in my life, except for that night. And my poor wife was like, she's hugging me. And I, I broke down that night, but that's, that's, that was, that was the only thing that anyone else calls me a racist. It, it really, it really doesn't bother me that much. You know, it's just, it's irritating. And I know that, you know, like the, the majority of people that call me this are, are pedophiles anyway. So fuck them. That that uh, Whoa, I, I no no I agree much? with you one hundred percent. It just no no they are the ones. You're right. They are or or at least they vote for pedophiles. Hey um, but but being misunderstood sucks. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. And and he, and when you're trying to explain yourself and they're fucking heckling and shit, that that it really bothers me. But at the end of the day, you know, I mean, I know I'm not, and and my black friends know I'm not, and my local friends know I'm not, and and. And they know, but they know I'm I'm very vocal about different races, you know. And growing up in Hawaii, everybody is race, you know. The, hey, the Howley guy, hey, the Japanese guy, hey, the Chinese guy, hey, the right, right. guy. It's very race, you know. They, 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 you know. But so it doesn't really bother me. But it bothered me when my mom said it, and that's the yeah. only person that ever bothered me when. Did when she say sorry? Her. She never said sorry. She died a couple of weeks later. No, no shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, what did so she that, pass that's, from? That's what why. Did, that's why it hit me hard. Because what did she pass from? She died of uh, not coronavirus, but the flu. Wow. Yeah. Well, everybody was doing the mask and this. Yo, you can't go. Your mom's this. But you gotta wear a mask. You gotta get a corona, corona, corona. She ended up having influenza and she died. So. Uh, um, do you know who Do you know who Nikki Rodriguez is? No, he's a jujitsu guy in in Austin. He's a, he's a young kid, but he's really popular right now. Uh, he's he's kind of he's he's taken on the role of Gordon Ryan's nemesis. Do you know who oh, Gordon okay. Ryan is? Yeah. Okay. So, um, uh, I, I know a lot of people are going to think that's um, weird that I'm asking him if he knows who Nikki or Gordon Ryan is. But after watching John's um, interview with um, Joe Rogan, John knows a lot of stuff, but like names and shit aren't his strong suit. They're not my strong suit either. But um, I had him on the show and I said, hey, dude, what, what, what do you think about wearing masks? And he goes, dude, I do jujitsu. I, I cover people's mouths to try to kill them. And I was like, wow, like, yeah, like meaning fuck you. I would never put a mask on. I'm not covering my nose or my mouth for anyone. And I, yeah. I, really, I really liked that. That, that is good. We have, and we're the only two gyms that stayed open. Uh, the other jujitsu's down the street. The, everybody else just closed and kowtowed, and we wouldn't close. Um, but um, you didn't close. You stayed open, huh? Oh, we got a shit ton of trouble. We got, um, we didn't get fined, but we had, I had fucking uh, county inspectors with badges. I didn't even know they had badges coming in, yelling at me to close my gym. While all my students are here and me, I just said, no, get the fuck out of here. 
And then I had a couple other people come in to tell me to close. I said, no, the mayor herself called me. And she said, you need to close immediately. I said, Did you have a relationship with her before that? No, I didn't. I never met her. No idea who she was. And uh, I said, I'm not closing unless you want to pay me $13,000 a month. That's what, that's my nut. I need $13,000 every month before I can make a profit. So if you want to give me $13,000 a month, I will close. But if I do close, I will close for good. I will take the pit out of this community mm -hmm. and I will never come back. Mm. So just that's she, so she just okay. At least wear a mask and have your your students and your instructors wear a mask. I said we're not going to teach our students or my instructors to be weak sheep. We'll never wear masks. <sighs> okay, John, how's this? I'm going to help you make yourself known as an outdoor gym, and then <sighs> I don't know what to do. I'm getting so many calls about your gym and. So many complaints. I, I have more complaints about your gym than anything else right now. And I was like, well, I'm not going to close. I'm not going to wear a mask. She goes, okay, we'll think of some. So she helped me with her husband, who's an architect, put some mats outside in our in our parking lot. And we just called her. He, they permitted me an outside outdoor gym. So we just, that's how we got around it. But we never went out and trained. But she was a fucking huge help. Uh, to me. Wow, that's a good, that ended up with a happy ending. Even though she's on the other end. She's on the other side. And I was like, man, you just helped me. I'm going to vote for you. And I'll never, I've never voted that way before. But for you helping me this much, yeah, I'm going to vote for you. So anyway, so that, that was that. But you know yeah, Garth that, Taylor? Do you know Garth Taylor? No. Uh, the jiu-jitsu guy he used to train with, he was the heavyweight champ. I, He's probably he's probably ten years younger than you. He's fifty. Garth Taylor. Uh, oh, did he was he a CrossFit guy? And he okay, was a yeah. and he was a heavyweight. Yeah, nice yeah, yeah, guy, nice as shit. You know, remember didn't him? Didn't look like didn't look like he was in great shape, but he was right. No, exactly. Yeah, he's okay. exactly did not look like he's in great yeah. shape, but was in crazy good shape. Exactly. But, but when I met him, I met him and uh, and uh, David Camarillo. Okay. And I became really good friends with David Camarillo. We're really tight. Um, but the other guy, I don't even think I ever met him, but he was right down the street from the headquarters CrossFit, right? Right. Yeah. So I think he's the first white guy to go to Brazil and win the, the heavyweight title. I think he won it maybe in three belts in purple, brown, and black or something like that. He, he, and great guy though. There's a Santa Cruz. Yeah. He's, he saved someone's life jumping. A car drove off the pier. He dove in the water and saved the people in the car. And he's just a great dude. But uh, my kids went there and exact same thing happened. They tried to shut him down. He yeah. said, no, he did never made any of the kids there wear masks. And they eventually set up a outdoor facility yeah. that was never used. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and my, now my, the mayor who's on the other side is a funny story. I was going back and forth with someone online. I think it was Facebook. I'm not sure, but they were dogging me about being a racist and this, that, and I was talking about you know them being pedophiles and child molesters and shit like that. I don't know. It was, that's it always was a good. That's always. I always go straight there too. Well, it's fun. Okay. It's fun, yeah. it's fun yeah. for me. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I get a. I get a. I get a text, and it's a video of. Uh, it's shut the fuck up Friday, and it's like a song. Shut the fuck. And it happened to be on a Friday where I was doing this. It was the. It was from her, the mayor, and she wrote, "John, I'm shut the fuck up." So she called me later. She goes, stop 
doing this on the you know social media, you're making it really hard for me to keep you open. Just shut the fuck up. So, so that we have that relationship now. It's pretty That's fun. awesome. It's really she, awesome. She it's cracked really the code awesome. on you. She figured yeah. out your language. Yeah, she cracked. She's funny as shit. So anyway, that's my relationship with her. Um, you're 15 years old. You have the key to the place. You're addicted. When do you think that um, – how old are you when you think that you can start teaching and you start considering um, actually fighting? Well, fighting was – I was already fighting at 15, and um, I never thought of it for money. Never. I always just thought of it as – I didn't even like it. I hated fighting. I hated fighting in the ring. I hate working corners. People know – I can't wait to retire. And that's why I retired right after Glover's fight. Um, I get really nervous. I hated fighting, but that's all I did. So that's, that's what I it just. What do you mean you were already fighting? Where were you fighting in the streets, backyards? When, when I me, mean, when I started fighting, yeah, I was fighting, I was fighting at school. I was fighting at the gym. I was fighting in tournaments. Then all of a sudden golden gloves fighting in the golden gloves in Hawaii. Yeah, and then all of a sudden the first MMA came, which it wasn't called MMA, it was called Anything Goes Fights or the World Series of Martial Arts came to Hawaii when I was 16, and that was an Anything Goes uh, Martial Arts match. And I entered, I lied about my age, and I said I was 18, and I fought, I was 16. So I always did some kind of fighting, but I never thought of it as the moneymaker or me teaching. You know, and then, you know, I started having kids, then I joined the army, and then I boxed for the army boxing team. And when I got out of the army, I was like, you know, I, I just, first place I went was to check out the closest boxing gym to where I was moving. And I, I said, I'm going to either, I'm going to start fighting if I get a fight, apartment and a job within, you know, a month, I'm going to stay here in California. If not, I'm going back to Hawaii. I already got a job offer to be a cop. So when I got this out of is, the army, how, this is when you sorry, um, I was looking some over here. When you got out of the army, this is when what I happened. got the army. Okay, okay. I was either how, you were in the army home. for four years. No, I was in for three. Okay, did you get kicked out? No. Oh no, um, I got a complete. Um, I'm I'm I get I get my American Legion. I got an honorable discharge. Um, were you injured in combat? No. Oh, no, I'm American Legion. American Legion is like it's a group of people that we do you know, barbecues and stuff, but you have to have an honorable discharge before you join. But, um, so no, I didn't, I didn't, uh, but when I got out, I, I was going to either go to Hawaii and be a cop, probably wouldn't ever fight over there, or I was going to go to LA and see if I could try to make something of this fighting career, but I had to have a job because I already had two kids. So, um, same woman. Yeah. All three, three were from the same, but, um, so all of a sudden, where I lived, Venice, was right next to Santa Monica, where Muhammad Ali had a, his gym. So the Muhammad Ali boxing gym, I walked in, I started training there. Next day I know I got a fight lined up, and I got a job at the Pritikin. You remember the Pritikin diet? Yes, yes. I got a job there, cooking. Wow. So, so I did that for a while, and then, I, then it, it went from there. Then I kept fighting for a while, went to college, became a registered nurse, yada, yada, yada. Um, you, the, the, what was the, what was the name of the martial arts you were studying in Hawaii as a kid? Kajikempo. Kajikempo. Yeah. Ken, Kenpo? K-E-N-P-O? Yeah. Kajikempo is a, it's a mixture of karate, judo, jujitsu, Kenpo with an N and boxing. 
And, and um, did you? It was did founded you... in 1947 by a bunch of locals that put their martial arts together so they could go downtown on the weekends and beat up the Howleys. Hybrid martial art from Hawaii. Wow. Developed in the late 40s, founded in 47. 47. 47, yeah. And and so when you uh, was it was is it was it exclusive in Hawaii? Meaning there weren't other uh, Kaju Kenbo uh, dojos anywhere else except on the islands. I'm guessing. No, no, um, no. In the in the in the early '60s and '70s, a couple of locals from Hawaii migrated to uh, to the mainland. I think East Coast and South uh, uh, West Coast, and there's. There was some Kaju Kempo, and then it started morphing. So now it's kind of morphed. Um, I'm not. I'm not gonna say I don't like that part. I like the old school Kaju Kempo, and now they kind of got a little softer, and you know. But the original Kaju Kempo from Hawaii was, you know, the original one. It was the the tougher one. That was more of a just a straight up uh, fighting art. Um, and the ones when it came to the mainland, it was a little more, you know, a little softer, more for business, so they could get more students. In Hawaii, most Kaju Kempo schools didn't even charge, you know. Like did I never did. You wear I never gloves? Paid. What? You never paid. Ah. No. Who, who, how did the gym stay open? It, it was a front. Uh, Walter Godin was. Uh, he was into. Um, he was a strong arm. He was uh, a collector. He was in the he was in the crime syndicate uh, selling drugs, um, so he had this little gym for five hundred you know square feet, and he had his office, and that's what you know that's where he uh, you know that's where he did his stuff you know so Walter Godin um, uh, G O D I N D I N wow there needs to be a movie about this guy oh he was I I uh, like I'm I'm his favorite when I you know when I, he started really putting you know liking me and he would like. Somebody who'd take me somewhere, like go somewhere. I he even took me to some of his jobs, which I I wish he didn't. But um, so you, remember, you so he would go up to a business and 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 you would walk in with them and and he'd collect a bag full of money, like so that they could keep the doors open. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not wow. I mean not in that way, but yeah. But the spirit of it. I'll give you I'll give you an example. Like once, yes. but th this is a, this is a driving one. He had a remember the old Lincoln Continentals. He had like a big, he had a big silver, he, and he dressed like a pimp with a lot of, uh, with a lot of jewelry and rings. And, uh, you know, he, he, he lived that lifestyle, you know, what he was his like ethnicity? A, what was his ethnicity? He was Hawaiian, French, Portuguese or something, okay. but he was a local who grew up in the ghetto in Hawaii. Uh, and he grew up, you know, he grew up really tough. Um, but he, you know, like apartments, like, you know, he had like, a. Uh, penthouse apart. He lived that lifestyle. But um, we're driving, and I'm like 12 years old, and we're going somewhere. I forgot grocery shopping or something. And and some guy beeps. You, I'll just tell you guys, don't ever beep your horn if you're in Hawaii. Like if the light turns green, you know, and the guy doesn't go right away, just wait. Just wait till the next cycle. Okay. Beeping your horn in Hawaii, it's gonna be a fight. You know. So some guy beeped his horn in Hawaii. And I knew Godin was a badass. I've heard about stories, but, you know, so some guy beeps at him. The light turns green. Some guy beeps at him. And he looks in, he looks in the rearview mirror and he gets out of his car. He takes off his rings and then he puts them in his pocket and he walks, walks back 
and I'm looking in the fucking rear view mirror and he leans into the car and he just steps back and fucking hammer blows the guy twice right in the face. And then he comes back in, gets in the car, and we drive away. And then he starts putting his rings back on. So that that was that was how Godine that was that was Godine in in a, in a nutshell. We we did it, we did some collection stuff with him. I did once and that ended up where I thought. I, I'm not gonna. This is. I'm, I'm gonna end up in jail doing right. this. So I, I kind of got backed away from him because I loved him and he was my mentor when it came to fighting and being a tough guy and being able to be protected. And I owe him so much, but I, I didn't want to have his moral compass. You know, I didn't want to do that. Like a lot of his black belts were his henchmen. I didn't want to be a henchman. I just wanted to be one of his badass fighters. Right. You know, like, did like you want to make him to, proud too? Yeah. Oh yeah. He, he, he loved the pit. And, and when I didn't take his name as my gym, he was, he was just, he said, I love this pit. I love what you've done. I endorse it a hundred percent. And he came out, he met Chuck and he met, you know, some of my fighters and he promoted Chuck to black belt with wow. me. Um, so he was still alive then. And then he started getting sick. He had CHF congestive heart failure and um, he my dog has from, that. My dog has that. Oh, oh, dogs get that a lot. Mine has it too. And my other dog just died of it. I'm sorry. Mine's a little. It's, it's it, what, so let's take a pause here before we talk about the black. Uh, so my dog's been uh, um, coughing like crazy. Yeah, yeah. Because and every time lungs, he cuts. Yeah. Tell me what's happening. What's going on? Well, when you have CHF, you know your heart. Basically, your heart just it's it just gets weak. And things back up when your heart gets weak, you know, it, like you get start getting the, the blood doesn't come back up anymore. So you get start getting swollen. Humans get swollen, you know, uh, edema in their pedal edema in their feet and their ankles. And, and they get and it starts backing up into their heart, too. And they get, you know, they get like a they get, you know, they get fluid in their lungs, pulmonary edema. So it's like it's like edema of their feet, but it's in their lungs. Because their their muscle just isn't strong enough anymore. Because you got CHF, you know, and um, dogs get it a lot too. And, and it's uh, stressing me out. He coughs. Oh God! Ten, he wakes me up ten times a night coughing. And every time he coughs, I put my hand over. Like when he's done, I have to put my hand on him to make sure he's still alive. I'm like, there's no way something survived that cough, but he's still alive. It's 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 great. Mine, my boxer, my boxer had it, and that boxer Morgan was my everything. Everybody knew Morgan. Morgan was my my everything and when he started dying you know i just i didn't want i didn't want to i want i didn't want to admit it you know and my neighbor is a vet you know and um i i didn't i didn't want to call him to do that shot you know so one day when do you know when to do that because he peed him he he was laying in his own pee and he couldn't move oh i called the vet i was sobbing yeah i called the vet and he came up and he held me and did it. And I just, I just burst screaming. I was screaming. I, I why are you doing? Well, you know, I, I just lost it. And he passed and, and, and I buried him in the, in the yard. And, um, and now we have three dogs that are the same age. And now, you know, my other one, Ginger right now is caught, does that same cough. She's more of a, a pit bull, uh, mix, but she's a, she's a rescue. The, the Morgan I bought, but uh, she has the same thing, and I'm like, she just stands there and she'll shake, and 
I yeah, go yeah, my dog's shaking dog. like my dog shakes like oh, a motherfucker. Fuck. It's the hey. worst. It's that when you got to go in and hold them, it's it's it just I couldn't I couldn't. I, um, I don't want any more dogs, but my wife got a puppy now, so now we got a new one. What kind? It, it's a it's a Great Pyrenees poodle mix. Oh wow! Everyone's fucking poodles are fucking all the dogs now. Every poodles mix with everything now. Because because. I wanted the Pyrenees because it's the protector of my property. We have yeah. chickens, ducks, and humans. And but she wanted it not to shed. Yeah. So that's why they mix it with the poodle so it doesn't shed. Oh. So every oh. any mixture you have and you mix it with poodle, you think it's like fucking dog sheds anyway. Hey, if you're gonna be reincarnated as a dog right now, you want to come back as a male poodle. You just are banging all the breeds. <laughs> yeah, you're getting. It. Hey, so um. I know we're, I want to get back to um, the Chuck, but one more thing about the dog. So when you put your dog down, I know I was terrified the first time I put a dog down, but I was so happy I was there because I got this closure that I didn't expect. Do, do you know what I mean by that? Like I would have felt like yeah. I, do you, I, I could not have like, just like, what if I, what if I would have just like walked away, been like, put him down and walked away. I, I just couldn't do it. So I held him. I said some weird shit to my dog. Oh God, yes! I said oh. some weird shit to my poor vet. I called him every <laughs> name in the book. I call, I yelled at him to his face, calling him every fucking name in the book. I don't want you to kill it, but he already given the one shot. Now he had to give the second one. You know, you already have to. And after the yeah. first one, I can't. I I was like changing my mind, even though I knew poor Morgan can't even walk. And he's peeing and shitting on himself. Yeah. And the poor vet is like, John, I got to, and he did, and I'm screaming at him. And me and me and me and Troy are really good friends. In fact, sometimes when I go out of town, he fucks my wife. But that's a whole different topic. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey! Is that true? No, is that true? Funny. Is that true? I, I'm going to tell you something now that I was so scared to tell you. But I remember you telling a story, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on the air, but fuck it, here it comes. Is it true that Chuck Liddell came home one day from training? And there was a dude fucking his wife or his girlfriend and he walked in the room and he saw them fucking and he was so calm and cool. He just said, when you're done, I'll be in the kitchen waiting to eat. Did you tell that story? And I heard that. Did I remember that? It could be something like that. Let me just say Chuck liked to. Uh, like Chuck. Was I not supposed Chuck to say that story? We can just pretend like I didn't say that and keep going. No, I don't, I don't know. Chuck, first it wasn't his wife, it was a girlfriend, but Chuck is one of these guys that he's not jealous at all, you know? Like, some guys, they go out partying and they go bopping chicks and stuff like that, but then if you, a girl, even look at another guy, they get all pissed off and jealous. Yeah, Chuck wasn't like that. He's like, I'm gonna go party, you should too, and then if we, yeah. when we get together, you and I will be together, but you can be with whoever you want, I'm gonna be with whoever I want, and then if it, you know, let's just do that. He was, he didn't have a, like a jealous bone in his body, but it, I, and people thought he was disloyal because you know, he was bopping around on other chicks, but he also, his girls knew that. And they also, he would say, you can, you can do it too. That he'd been You're, set free by the truth. A friend of mine told me the truth will set you free. He wasn't a liar. He told the truth. He told the truth. And he was, that was Chuck. But anyway, yeah, but my, that's, that's not Troy. That's not Troy, my neighbor. God, poor Troy. I, I tell this joke all the time, and I even say it in front of him. 
he does not think it's funny. He's a vet and he's a little more serious Still, than yeah. us. Yeah. So when I make up this jelly, if we have a if we have a get together, the neighbors are there, and I'm always saying how when I go out of town, he's fucking the neighbor and stuff. He's my wife. And he didn't think it's funny. He just looks at me, he shakes his head. He goes, It's not even funny. Hey, um, the next time someone calls you a white supremacist, instead of saying, um, you, well, you're a pedophile, you just defer it to Troy. Be like, well, at least my vet fucks my wife. That's worse than being a white supremacist. <laughs> just, 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 just shit on Troy too. Drag Troy in. Poor, Troy, poor Troy. He doesn't even. He's not even married. He's like, he has horses, and he he has. Has he ever screamed, I'm gay. I did not fuck your wife. I'm gay. He's. I wish he was gay because it would be easier for him. He has a he doesn't have much game, and he's having a hard time. I've I've even taken him out to our karaoke bar back in the day, trying to hook him up. Like I'll find him a chick and I'll bring her over, and he just like he he only wants younger chicks, you know. And and when you're like you're my age, you know, you could get a younger chick if you have a lot of money, you know. But but we don't really have a lot of money. We have okay money, but. We don't have money where you can bop a, a younger chick. My my wife, I don't know if you ever seen her. You can probably see her on a lot of social media. My wife's fucking gorgeous. And if I wasn't, if I didn't have something going, I could never, you know, scored that. But Troy, he try, he shoots, he shoots for like he wants like way younger, but he has no game. Like I wanted my wife, but I have game, so I right, got her. Right, right, right. Charisma and game. Um, probably this is way off talk but today i was at the beach and there was a lady who was probably like over 70 in a bikini and i just could not fucking believe how attractive she was she had the thickest fucking gray hair and the fullest titties john it was crazy and she was in the water with her granddaughter and i was just tripping on her and i was i got caught staring at her like so many times and i couldn't believe how she had she had like those really full but they're still wrinkly nice old like were they oh, real God. you think what real 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 they were wrinkly old no 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 i'm married i'm married oh you're married yeah i'm married i still could probably get her number i could probably talk my wife into this one but anyway i noticed my eight-year-old son kept staring at her kept staring at her and and i go so he's eight he's out in the water surfing and he goes hey god he's such a chip off the old block so we get in the car and we're driving home and I go, hey, I, I saw you staring at that that old lady a lot who was in the water with, with what I'm guessing is her granddaughter. I go, what were you looking at? And he goes, I just couldn't believe how nice, it, how, how uh, good she looked and how active she was out there in the water while you're just sitting on the side, but someone's grandmother's in the water with them. <laughs> Basically dogging me. But it was, so he, it was pretty. So he didn't even mention the boobs. He just no. turned it against you? Yes, yes, yes. Oh. It was good. <laughs> Okay. Wow. Um, so, so, um, uh, so, uh, uh, Godine, um, how, how are you? How's your bladder doing? How are you doing? Are you good for time? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, Godine gave Chuck his black belt. What do you teach at your gym? What's the martial arts you teach at the pit? When I, when I, when I moved to California and I, after I'd done, and I'm, I'm a nurse, I'm living in the suburbs. So, I can't, I'm still fighting. Um, but I couldn't make it to the gym all the time, all the time because I worked the graveyard shift. So I had a little gym built in my backyard, like a 400 square foot gym with punching bags and some weights. Um, my ex-wife wanted a pool, which was like 50 grand. I just wanted a fucking little gym, which cost us like four grand. But and that gym turned into the pit. 
the pool we used it like twice but anyway oh you did uh, get the pool you got both she well she got the pool and then about half a year later i i built the gym so i used to train back there and then all of a sudden people started hearing what about city it was this buddies. woodland hills woodland hills woodland hills okay woodland hills. that's la for people who don't know yeah and then i had guys from like the sagebrush cantina where i worked part-time as a, a bouncer they used to come over and train and we'd practice the stuff. Next thing you know, we got a logo. We're calling it the pit. We got pit jackets. We got pit shirts. So this is a 400 square foot little gym in my backyard, suburb of Woodland Hills, California. And um, so we're training, we're, we're training, you know, we're training back there. And then where are we going? Why, why am I talking um, What do you teach? What do you teach? Like, what's your martial art? Where where did oh, you end so, up? Like, what no. did Chuck get his black belt in? Oh, okay. So I I am um, I'm teaching, and um, I'm trying to put everything together. And my guys are training, and we're doing a belt system too. Um, so I was I want to go Kaja Kempo because I'm proud of Kaja Kempo. I grew up Kaja Kempo. And that's Kaja everything again. Once again, that's that's there's ground, there's stand up, yeah, there's yeah, yeah. It's karate, judo, jujitsu, kempo, and boxing. Okay. Um, so I wanted that, but they also did some katas, which I didn't like. You know, What's that? Form? That's Taekwondo stuff? Like a form. Like you do like all these forms. And yoga. We call that, that yoga. Kata. They call it Yo kata. Yoga. Yoga. No, it's kata. But whatever. Right, kata. Yoga. Right. It's yoga karate. Yeah, yoga's poses. It's poses. Karate poses. You're posing. But Godin, who's my instructor, and I told him I hated the kata part. I just wanted the fighting part. And he would say, shut the fuck up. You do these until you get your black belt, then do whatever the hell you want. Now mm -hmm. I'm a black belt, right, already. So I'm in, in Woodland Hills. So I, I'm not going to do katas anymore. So I, I can't be true to Kajikempo if I don't if I don't teach Kajikempo. I don't want to call it that. So I came up with a different name. So finally I came up with well, from Hawaii. And Kempo means law of the fist. So I called it Hawaiian Kempo. So it's called, my system is called Hawaiian Kempo with an M, not an N. But you're a Howley. I'm a Howley. I'm That's a very hard. Howley Howley. In fact, Howley Pride. How, I'm a Howley Pride. Where's my tattoo? Anyway, never hey, mind. that's kind of crazy. That That's pretty hard for a white dude to call it uh, Hawaiian uh, Kenpo. That's pretty yeah. hard. That's like, fuck you. What are you going to do? Yeah. So I call it Hawaiian Kempo. And, uh, and, so that, that's what the art was called. And I, I took out all the katas and I just throw in, you know, art techniques that I wanted. So I have like each technique, each belt. I have, it's, it's a pretty systemized uh, art and it works pretty well. I have, I have some pretty good black belts. And, you know, like I said, I've been lucky enough where guys like Joe Rogan have talked about my system and, you know, it's a, it's a pretty, it's a pretty cool system. And uh, I'm just going online with it too, where I'm going to do an online Hawaiian Kempo system. What's that mean? What's that mean? That would be like people that have trained before, but they want to get their black belt in Hawaiian Kempo. So I'll do it with a lot of Zoom watching. You know, they do have to come see me once in a while, but they can stay wherever they are and get a Hawaiian Kempo black belt. When, when you got your black belt, um, did you feel like um, you had earned it? Do you remember your black belt ceremony? Did you have to fight dudes? I didn't. There was no ceremony. There was no ceremony. I never, like the ceremonies I have, I don't know if you've ever seen videos of them, but there's like a hundred people there and there's like usually 10 black belts that are getting promoted. We have it in Hawaii 
and I have it, I have it catered and, and, and it's, it's a big event and it's three days and we walk this one hill and we do this beach workout and everybody does the kind of stuff that I prescribed. And then on the last day we have, you know, the, like a luau and there's a lot of food and we present them with their belts. But, but how about when you got your black belt? Nothing, nothing. He just do you said, remember where did Godin tie it on you? No, he just he just told me you're a black belt, and he gave me a belt. He never he didn't tie it on. Uh, and did you have to fight that day? No, I just had a fight, and it was like a week after the fight. And he was like, "You should be a black belt." And and uh, I don't know if he tied the first. He might have tied it the first time. It was at the it was at the gym, and I had fought in a. It wasn't. It wasn't a tournament, so it wasn't nothing to do with Kajikempa. It was either a kickboxing tournament or a boxing tournament, maybe maybe the Golden Gloves. And he he presented to me then. Then he gave me my 10th degree. Um, he gave me my 10th degree uh, in 2001. Wow. Can you see it? Yeah, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. And then I was in the you know what's crazy? Do you know how absurd that is, John? Yeah. I love you have it. a Here's fucking 10th degree black belt. And you know what's so funny? Is like, like you say it with a straight face because yeah. you fucking earned it. Do you know, like, like, it's fucking nuts. I can't even believe I'm talking to you. And look at I this. wanted to have you on when I first started the podcast. I didn't have the balls to have you on. You're fucking, this is crazy. Gooding was, let me... Goody knew he was dying, and uh, and uh, I was already climbed up the ranks, and uh, I got my I got Hall of Fame in uh, Kajikempo. So, um, yeah, I got promoted. It's I'll, the picture somewhere. I don't know where, but uh, it was such an honor. Um, so basically, I took over his system, and I have a tenth degree black belt. But see, I'm not a black belt in Hawaiian Kempo, tenth degree. I'm under Godin, so I'm still Kajikempo. But this is you got This is where it gets really crazy. Godin dies, so I'm a black belt in in that. But what about my system? You know what I mean? I the one I made. Who's going to promote me? Because I'm I'm the highest guy. So I had this was a surprise, and it was a really cool surprise. We're in Hawaii. I'm promoting some black belts. And then they surprised me after the ceremony. It's Chuck Liddell, Glover Teixeira. Oh, shit. Court McGee. Wow. I think Ramsey Newsham. My black belt, my top black belt, Rick Metzler, who owns the pit in Malibu. There's a pit, There's in, a Malibu. pit in Malibu? Oh, he's a fucking badass, too. That's baller. And um, so I have all the... And then I have Ian Parkinson, who's the sheriff of our county, Right, and we're in Hawaii on the beach. They promoted me to tenth degree black belt with my pit system, my Hawaiian Kempo. So, so people say, how can your students promote you? And I say, well, when they're Chuck Liddell, Globe Teacher, da 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 da, yeah. they can promote me as, as much as they want. So yeah. I got basically I got my black belt tenth degree from from uh, Walter Godin, but then. My guys knew that it meant something to me to have a certificate that said 10th degree black belt, Hawaiian Kempo. 
you must have cried like a fucking. Oh god! There must have been water pouring, snot and shit just pouring out of you. These guys, you haven't. These guys, the res, uh, the respect, having the respect of of your average person is great. But when you have that kind of respect from people like that, you know, it's a, it's mind-boggling. Like when Godin, when he started treating me like, like, like I was like his equal, I could, I just that respect, I couldn't believe it. When I went to school and the, the biggest, toughest guy in school, and I'm like a seventh grader and he's a ninth grader, and I'm like looking at him, like, what the fuck are you looking at, bro? That kind of respect, then he looked away, you know, that kind of respect, the physical respect. Be- and not because they think I'm a punk, you're going to, you know, I'm going to beat him up as a punk, but because I'm a martial artist and they know that I could maybe beat him up or whatever, you know? So having that respect is, is, is huge. And that's caused, you know, by the confidence that martial arts gives you. It's, there's nothing like it. I mean, you, you walk in a room, there's nothing like walking into a room when you're a martial artist versus when you're not, because even the most educated guys in the world I've had tell me, you know, I just, when I walk in a room, I, I you know, sometimes I, I look down because I don't, I don't feel comfortable if there's somebody in there that wants to beat me up. It's, it, there's nothing like not having that feeling, you know? I'm going to say two dumb things. Bear, bear with me here. You ready? Yeah. Um, I, I started this podcast, right? And I do it every I do it every morning at seven a.m. in the morning. Every morning, this is one of the few mornings I didn't do it at seven in the morning because I had you on at tonight. And even if I have a night guest, I usually do one in the morning, and the show is live. And on my birthday, and I've been doing it almost two years or three years, I don't know. But on my birthday last year, I think it was my birthday, my wife walked in while I was doing the live show, and she presented me with this. And the people from the audience got together and bought me this sign. And I said, and I said it was like getting. I, I didn't never did the martial arts, but I said it was like getting my gray belt as a little kid. I and I cried for fucking. It was crazy. But John, and your the wife second, put that together. No, someone in the audience did. My wife didn't even put it together. Someone in the audience. Well, what did your wife all, do? What, what about your wife? She just she you know help takes care of the kids and fucks me and and is just good to me. But she carried uh, it in. They mailed uh, it to my house. The viewers mailed it to my house. Oh, and my shit. wife carried it in during a live show. And it's like, hey, the viewers, the, she didn't even tell me. She just surprised me. And you want to know what else was crazy? I never keep Kleenex next to my computer because I don't want anyone to think I jack off here. And that day when I came in to do my show, there was a fucking box of Kleenex sitting here. And I was like, that's really fucking weird. I wonder who was in my office. No one ever comes to my office. And then middle of the show, my wife came in with this sign, and I just wept. The what, second thing what? I want to tell you is my sons, I have three sons, six, two six-year-olds and an eight-year-old. They've been doing martial arts six days a week, striking, kicking, jiu-jitsu, six days a fucking week now for over three years. Where? And, uh, uh, here in Santa Cruz, California. Oh, a you're lot in Santa Cruz? In Santa Cruz, yeah. How old are you? Uh, 51. My wife. Did you grow up in Santa Cruz? No, I grew up in Berkeley. Oh, shit. My wife's 51, and she's from Santa Cruz. Oh, I've, 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 now that I remember, I've met your wife before when I was there, you were married to that lady. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I think so. And she's from Santa Cruz. And, um, uh, but people say all the time, Hackleman, when they meet my kids, John, they say, oh, fuck, those kids got swagger. 
Like wow. they just like they just see it. Oh, look at look at what look at what a good training partner is. So this is a new kid, right? My son's the one on that took let the is t is covering up. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's eight, and that's a five year old. That's him carrying the kid around. Wow. And what right? gym is that? That's um, uh, it's at a gym in Santa Cruz called Freefall MMA, but the teacher there is just borrowing the room. It's yeah. a guy, um, uh, Nico Belto. Huh. And he trains under uh, Garth Taylor. Okay. And I and I used and my kids did their first three years with Garth Taylor. Yeah, those are wow. my boys. Yeah, doing a little striking there. Who's that? That's um their instructor. Uh, she's a she's a fighter. Uh, McKenna. She trains out of San Francisco. God, I don't even know the name of her gym, but she's a, a MMA fighter. Um, and she lives in Santa Cruz, so she comes to the she. They train uh, striking and kicking with her, and then she comes to the house one hour a week, and and they. They do. They do the stuff. Wow, fucking hey! I know. You know what I need to do? I need to They're come to badass, bro. I need to come to slow for two weeks, and just like take all your kids, just you know, vacation there. But then just um, have my kids take the class, you know, every every day for two weeks. How old are the two six year olds? Those are the twins. Yeah. Yeah, and then the eight year olds, a boy too. Yeah, and they're all gray belts. The they, these guys are newly gray, and and, and my eight year old's like probably been a gray for year in jujitsu. Yeah, a year and a half, yeah. two years. Yeah, yeah, because our system is it's called Hawaiian Kempo, and it's equal parts of jujitsu, wrestling, striking, and CrossFit or physical conditioning. Do they so wear geese? Geese. They wear geese. They have belts. It's a it's a belt. It's a full it's a full belt system from white to black, and then we have a kids a kids belt system from white to junior black, and then our adult system is from white to black. And uh, if I visited you, would they wear their geese with their with their regular jujitsu belts? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that would be better. Yeah, we, we we our guys wear their belts. It's a traditional it's a traditional system, but there's no forms. There's no katas. It's all. You know, everything's from everything. Anything you watch in a UFC match is going to be in our curriculum, except we also have some eye gouging stuff. We have street Hawaiian Kempo is MMA for the street. And then I have an MMA team, which is where I just teach MMA stuff. Do you have that for kids also? No. Oh, um, uh, I, it's funny when you did eye gouging, you reminded me of that's something Tony Blower would say. I love me some Tony Blower. Yeah, yeah. You're not you, and Tony. Your friends, aren't you? We are. I yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I love it. His wife just—they're just—they're—they're uh, they're just they're. He's wild. They're wild. They're wild. He well, she's wild. wild. He's he's calm. He's wild. They're yin and yang. Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. yeah. I I don't see him much, but we we have a lot. I mean, we 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 go over the same. I'm kind of a self defense. You know, I'm online. I'm more of a self defense guy. You know, but then I have I'm known for the MMA, UFC, but almost everything I teach is for the street, whether it's a left hook, which can be used in MMA. But I'm teaching Hawaiian Kempo is for the street, just like Kaja Kempo was for the street. Hawaiian Kempo is for the street. And the uh, the object of a Kaja Kempo uh, student, the main goal he has in life is to get home to his family. And by that, he has to stop the threat by whatever means possible. My MMA team, their biggest goal in life is to win a UFC title. Wow, okay. So it's 
they train almost identically. They almost use the identical techniques, but their goals are night and day. Go home safe, alive, take care of your family, win a UFC title. So teaching both uh, is, is really hard, but it's really, really simple at the same time because you know, it's all about the training is almost identical, but the goal is so different. Do you hold in-house tournaments? Yes. So, so the kids, the you'll 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 uh, all the kids will um be in a tournament in your gym. So if you have thirty or forty kids there, they'll you'll you'll set up a tournament because I'm guessing there's no other people practicing your style. No. So they only we do ours, and then um, sometimes some of our some are we have a gym. We have two gyms: one in Slow, San Luis Obispo, and one's in Atascadero. They don't have as many kids as we do. Once in a while, they bring one down. But my my Malibu guy brings people up too. Mm. Yeah, you know who he brought up one year. It was fucking funny as hell. And this is a bad time to talk about him because because uh, I know he just got sick. But uh, but uh, Jamie Fox. Oh, his his daughter was one of uh, Rick. His name is Rick Metzler. Unbelievable martial artist. Uh, so he, one of his one of his students was Jamie Fox's daughter. I think she was like nine or ten. So he brought her up to the tournament. And Jamie Foxx walks in, and we thought, oh, fuck, I don't want this guy coming in, man. He's going to have an entourage and be a big shot and try to, you know, oh, I got to move my car. You know, you got to, we got to change everything for him. Yeah. And we weren't going to, but, man, he came in that gym, fucking lit the place up just with his smile, and he he walked around to different uh, teachers or the different parents, and he was just talking to everybody like they were his best friends. Yeah, uh, he pulled me aside and told me some fucking hilarious jokes. And he said you were pretty cool for white supremacist. <laughs> and then his daughter gets in there and she gets nailed, you know. And he's he's over there yelling for it. She gets nailed, and he goes, oh, "Come on, get it! You can do it! You can do it!" And she lost, you know. And he like hugs her, and then he went over and hugged the guy that beat her, and he shook the parents' hands. He great job, you know, and. But then I, but then I, you know, so I love him for that. But then I heard he was like kind of crazy on the other side when it came to, you know, the whole life and death politic thing. And now he's sick. I heard. No, you know what? You know, I, I, I love him. I think he's fucking an amazing actor. But I, I heard that he absolutely did not want to be involved, and he had similar to you in order to finish a movie, he had to take no. it. No, that's Is not what I'm talking about. I know, no. I know about that last thing. Oh. But I heard during the, just during the whole Corona thing and the whole BLM thing. Oh, I he heard that. I, I heard that. I don't know that for sure. Right. So I'm right. gonna pretend it didn't because I love right. him. Right. But anyway. Yeah, a lot of people but, lost their mind there. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Well, a lot of people yeah. didn't have good friends to help them through it too. Like it sounds like me. And, like it sounds like you know you had Tony, someone like Tony Robbins. I had someone like Greg Glassman to be like, "Yo, motherfucker, keep your thinking cap on." Like don't yeah. fall asleep. Don't fall asleep at the wheel. Yeah, yeah, and that that really helped me a lot. And then I then I had to get it, but you know that was a that was a huge. They tried to thing. cancel Tony. Do you remember that? Tony Robbins. Yeah, they tried to. He said something about women. I mean, it was nothing, right? It was nothing. Right. He, they tried to cancel his ass. Oh yeah, I thought yeah, wasn't that some kind of woman something? And then she reneged on it later. Yeah, I mean, it was just yeah. crazy. No, 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 it wasn't the Me Too. It was something he said about. Anyway, I don't remember, but. He, he is, he is such a, 
Let me tell, I'll tell you a quick Tony story. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in Florida training Chuck or Glover because we're at ATT right now because he, he needed more sparring partners and for whatever reason, we did AT&T. It's not no, AT&T. Uh, American Top Team. Yeah. God, I, I love you. Because, you know, I asked the owner, I was like, why do you name your fucking fight team after a phone service? It's, it makes no sense. But anyway, so then I get a text. And it's like, hey, uh, um, can you, you want to uh, grab some coffee? And it was Tony. I was like, hey, bro, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, uh, I'm in Florida right now. He goes, I know. You know, he lived in Florida. And um, so he goes, I'm about 20 minutes from you. So he gives me his address. So when we're done training, I take him, I go over to, um, I go over to his house, right? Do you take Glover with you? No. I, I wanted to talk about a couple of things too. And so I go over there and his fucking house looks like, looks like the Mandalay Bay. So anyway, I go into his house. It's just him there with his, with his assistant. Right. And, um, I, uh, so I walk in and he like, you know, brings me in the house and he sits down, we sit down overlooking the ocean in the backyard. He has an infinity pool and he puts his hand on my shoulder and we're like right here talking. He goes, what's on your mind? What's on your mind? And I started just spilling my guts about stuff. It was when Chuck was having a hard time. He was finishing his career, but it wasn't going well. And, you know, he was having some problems. I was having some problems with the gym in my life. And I started just opening up all these problems. And it's just Tony Robbins. Like, I don't know how much somebody pays for a private lesson or a private whatever, but. $200,000 an hour. Oh shit! So I'm talking. Well, then I would have had to pay three hundred because I had him for an hour and a half. An hour and a half. He sat there listening and talking to me, like this far from my face, just talking. And you're this, and there's this. You should do this. And what about this? And he gave me like these, this, this plan for for some of the problems I was having in my life, and it made so much sense, and it changed everything because I was like, I was going nuts. I, I never. I'm not a depressed guy or anything, but I was actually feeling fucking depressed all the time. I was not liking my life. And, um, and, uh, he just, he just sat there and, and are you going to go now? Are you going to sit, you sit here? My beautiful wife's walked in there from Santa Cruz. He's in Santa Cruz and he's 51. Oh yeah. Yeah. See if you I, I was born in Berkeley though. I know. Oh, Hi. 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 So, yeah. so, I, so I go talk to him. How long have you guys oh, been married? Give me the long version. We've been together for 11 like years, 12, yeah. 12 years. Married and then for seven. Seven. She wouldn't marry me for the first, <laughs> she wouldn't marry me for the first five. I, I want to say, I want to say the last time I was down there, I met her, which was probably, probably about 10 years ago. Then it would have been, yeah. So it probably would have been. Yeah, so they, they're in Santa, but he's not from Santa Cruz. Yeah. No, She's Berkeley. from Santa Cruz. So let me see. Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. You yeah. you, you spent three hundred. You spent three hundred thousand dollars on a ninety minute session with Tony Robbins. We got we got pretty shares. <laughs> but anyway, um, no, yeah, that's how much it would have cost. But like I'm, I'm sitting there with him, and it, he calls his uh, assistant for some some smoothies, and we're talking, and I, I, these problems I was having were were really serious to me, and he's giving me like these 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 
you know, this strategies for them, you know, because he's not just a motivation guy, like go, 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 rah, rah, rah. He gives you, you know, strategies for stuff. That's why so many sports teams, the U.S. Army, you know, so many businesses go to him, not just to say rah, rah, but he gives you like, like unbelievable strategies. And one of the things he said was, basically, quit being such a bitch, because I didn't want to train any more fighters. I was done. I, I, it made me depressed. I would fucking break down with the fighters. You know, when they had a fight come up, I got all stressed out. Work in their corner, I break down. I hated it. I always feel like I'm making the wrong choice, decision. I'm teaching them the wrong things. I just don't want to be responsible anymore. I want it out. And then my home life was this and this and this. But so he puts his arm around me. And one of the things he said, I'll just tell you what he said about the fight thing. He puts his arm around me. He goes, all right, all right. Well, you got a bunch of fighters now. Okay. So you got to quit being a fucking little bitch. And you got to train these guys because you made a commitment to train them. I don't give a fuck how sad or depressed you are. De you know, deal with it. But you owe them. They came to you. They came and they trust you. They look up to you. You train every one of them, everyone you made a commitment to. Don't make any more commitments to anyone. And then when the last person you have has their last fight, then and only then can you quit. Other than that, just fucking suck it up and deal with it. And that was one of his ways of dealing. And right then, I just went, boom, okay, boom. It's going to be Chuck has a couple more fights. I'm going to deal with Blover. I got a couple more guys. Then I'm done. Hey, That's what do you think I'm... the magic was there? That someone believed in you? That you respected? No. No? no. I, I think he just gave me a great fucking... It just made sense. Because it, it takes some sense. balls to say that to someone. Hey, suck it up. Quit being a pussy. No. Yeah, he does. He. I don't think he has a problem saying that to anyone. He. I saw him working with Chuck a couple fights, and he has... He's, he's, he's what, 6'8". I don't think he, he worries about what he says. And and when, and when he says stuff, he says, I cuss a lot, but I cuss because it gets the point across faster. So that's why I fucking cuss. That's what he told me. And his, 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 uh, his strategy, his logic was so right on. And when Glover's like, Glover knows, Glover said, coach, I know you hate this, but you know, please just work with me until the end of my career. You know, I started my career with you. I want to end it with you. So I know you don't want to do this anymore, you know. So he he, he you know he paid me well because he knew I hated doing it. He always made sure I had a good flight. I had my own room because a lot of times the coach has to sleep with the fighters, you know. He always made sure I had my own hotel room, like Chuck did too, and he made sure I had a good flight. He he always took really good care of me. And then when he retired, I was like, boom, I'm done. So now you really I are done. You think you really are done? Yeah. Yeah, except for I do, I and mean, I'm still going to train my fighters, and that's not what stresses me out. It's 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 running their camp and then working their corner. That's what I. That's what breaks me up. So I'm not. I'll never do that again. You know, I'll never see you be standing on the um, uh, watching UFC pay per view, no. drinking a kombucha, and I look up and fuck. There's John Hackleman. No, unless unless one of my young students now. I knew it. All right. That's hey, one of my last two. <laughs> I'm um, so weak. Can you tell no, us how... when they ask, when they look at you and they say, can you please help me make it to all the way in UFC? And, you know, I might, I might have right now, but right now I haven't done it yet. Are all the agents scumbags? No, 
There are some good ones. Yeah. The best one, there's a couple of good ones, but one really good one is um, Chuck's old manager, Dwayne Zinken, who, mm-hmm. who, who managed the entire AKA. Uh, Dwayne Zinken, a great, great manager, agent. And then uh, Audi, I don't know his last name, Audi. He's the one that he managed, uh, he managed a court for a while. He has a bunch of fighters now. His name's Audi. Like like the car, you spell like the car. Um, fuck, I thought he had the most. I thought, I thought him and uh, um, Dwayne, him and Dwayne had just an unbelievable amount of integrity, and they looked out for their fighters. And I'm sure there's other ones, but I just I don't know of any. How, um, how did you meet Chuck? Is he a slow yeah. guy? What is he a slow guy? San San Luis Obispo. He's a Santa Barbara guy that that was living in slow because he was going to Cal Poly. And his instructor, when I moved up here from L.A., because I was I retired from fighting. So I moved up here with my ex-wife because we wanted to get out of L.A. Is this in 85? Is this in 85, 86? This is in 90. I started I started the gym in the backyard in Woodland Hills in 85. And then I had it until 90 when I moved up here. So I moved up here in 90. And that's when my wife and I thought, if you're not going to fight anymore, we don't have to be in L.A. Let's get the fuck out of here. She was from up this area. So we, she says, a lot quieter. We can raise the kids. It's a lot better. So we moved up here, and we ended up getting divorced within probably like two years. Um, but I stayed. And and then my dad She moved. left? She left slow? No, she, she's, she oh. left me, oh, but oh. She, still, she still lives here. Oh. We just we just got divorced and she didn't want to stay on the property because we're kind of out there, like you know. Yeah, you have a great piece of property. You're in the country. It's awesome. Yeah, she didn't want to be in the country. She wanted to be in town. So she bought a condo in town and I stayed there. And then um and then my dad moved out out to he retired from Hawaii where he lived, and then he moved out here. I had a guest house, he lived in it. I was a single dad, he was helping me. You know, raise the kids, and then were you nursing at the time? Oh, you were working in the in the mental ward. I, I was working at then. I was working. I was working here in this town as a respiratory therapist. Mm. That's kind of you know a respiratory therapist. Yeah, if your dog has uh, heart issues, you help him breathe. Yeah, except humans, but same thing. Okay, um, but uh, so then I get a call from some guy. And he said, you know, I heard you move into, and oh, when I moved here in 90, I built a gym in the backyard. It's 800 square feet, and it's the gym, the one up top, right? Not the cage, but the, t- so I start training, and then, you know, next thing I know, somebody else is training with me, and then now I have like 20 people training in my backyard. How did just- people, sorry, sorry, John, how did people find you back then? That, this is like pre-internet shit. How did people yeah. find you? Um, that was, um, let me see. How, how did just I just word of mouth? You were a badass. You, like people just knew like, yeah. Hey, if you want to learn how to gouge an eye and fight, like really fight, this is the dude. When I moved up here, I built the gym, I started training. And then I started going to different martial arts gyms, uh, in town and sparring with the guys. Like, so like I'd go into a, a, a dojo, like a karate dojo. I say, Hey, what day is your sparring? Can I come? Is it open sparring? And most of them are. So I'd go up and spar on that day. And I started getting some students from that. Like, hey, can we, uh, even some of the instructors would say, hey, can I go up and train with you and learn some of this stuff? Like, yeah, sure. So next thing you know, 
I'm having a bunch of people training and um, some guy calls me from San Luis. He owns a karate school. It's it's a system called uh, Kyoshishin. No, it's called, uh, I forget, some kind of Japanese name. Um, and he calls me, he goes, you know, I, I've been hearing about you. You're new in town and you're, you know, you're going to different gyms and sparring and stuff. And, you know, I don't think that's what martial arts is all about. And I don't really... I don't think what you're doing is good for martial arts. And it's more of a sport. And I said, well, I'm a martial artist. I mean, I'm a, I'm a black belt. I'm, I'm training with my guys. He goes, yeah, but your stuff is for the sport. You know, we're more for the street and your stuff would never work in the street. He actually said that. And I said, well, we could find out. I could come up to your gym and you and I could go at it and without any rules. And uh, he said, okay, how about Friday at seven o'clock? I swear to God, it's in Chuck's book. So I go up there and I go up on, I go up on the whatever day it was with my dad and I'm driving up in my black pickup truck. Are you nervous? Uh, just like before a fight, I knew I was going to be in a fight. So I was, I was pretty nervous. I was, I was tense, you know? So I get in there, he's sitting behind the desk. I walk in, it's like a dojo, you know? And, and I go in, there's, there's a mat with some people on it. So I go, hey, what's up? You Jack Sabbath. His name is Jack Sabbath. Um, Koi Khan, and the style is called Koi Khan. So he says, um, you know, my back's been bugging me. And um, I said, well, that's no problem. We can do it another day. He goes, no, actually, you could go with one of my students. And it was Chuck. So he points. <laughs> so Holy he, shit. So he, he points. And it's Chuck. And I was like, and the first thing I told my dad I was like, who has a mohawk these days? So right, right, right. So I said, okay, so I'm gonna spar. So I'm not going with you, I'm going with him. And he goes, Yeah. I go, same thing, no rules, right? He goes, Yep. I go, okay. What year yeah. is this? Uh 92, maybe 93, 92, I think. Fuck, I, I graduated high school in 90. This is what a fucking story. So I go up and 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 uh and then so he introduced me to Chuck. We shake hands. And I was like, all right. So we start going. Next thing I know, I, I did something that wasn't legal in a, in a sport fight. But he was telling me, your stuff, our stuff is for the street. Your sport is bad for martial arts. So I'm, I'm, I'm doing some no, not sport type stuff. I think I was kneeing him low or something. And um, he's like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing? What, you can't knee like that. I said, I thought you said anything goes. This is a street fight. Don't, don't this anything goes, bro. And Chuck was like, "Yeah, anything goes. Let's go." You know. So me and Chuck are going. Chuck is Chuck, and I'm realizing right now that split second, I'm realizing, you know, this guy doesn't know a shit ton, but this guy's tough as fucking nails. Because I'm fucking, you know, I'm world, I'm world rank right then. I'm fucking in the top ten of the world, and he's, you know, he's taking it. He's not, you know, he's not winning by any means but he, he's are you holding it. back a little bit by the way like are you afraid that you might accidentally kill someone no nah, I, I wasn't holding back as much as i wasn't trying to knock him out with every punch. i was just trying to and he wasn't the guy that mouthed off to me so and I'm this is no to, gloves are you in geese uh, shit i don't remember i don't remember God, and there were no no one filmed that shit with their cell phone there weren't even cell phones then yeah, my were, god uh, but we had we had small, I think we had small like bag gloves on. Okay. But anyway, so we're going to, Chuck, Chuck talks about his book. I, I got I to gotta read it. 
reread that. But anyway, so we're going at it pretty good. But I'm, I'm obviously getting the better because I'm a little more technical. I know more stuff. So I'm done. So the guy goes, okay, that's off. That's done. We're done. So I said, okay, I shake well, I was, hand. I, I was, were you tuning Chuck up? He didn't like Chuck was got a bloody nose or something. No, I was, I was showing, I was showing that I knew more, Okay. You know? but Chuck, Chuck was hanging in every second, you know, I was, okay. and I wasn't trying to. So anyway, so Chuck comes in when I'm done, you know, we shake hands and the guy was just a douchebag, you know? So I walk into the, into the bathroom to change and Chuck comes in and he's like, Hey, can you, can you train me how to really fight? And I was like, yeah, sure. Here's my card. You know, I shake his hand. And I, I start walking out. We're driving home with my dad. And I'm telling my dad, yeah, hey, the guy gave me his card. He wants to start training tomorrow. He won't show up. He'll never show up. He was there the next morning. And it was funny because the next morning it was raining. And he came up on this little little Honda, like, 120, 125 motorcycle. That's what Chuck used to drive. And he came up and he trained. And it was pouring rain that day so i worked out with him and i said you know what bro take my truck you can borrow my truck today because i don't work tonight just bring it back tomorrow morning because i worked the pm shift which was like 3 to 11 and we were training at like 10 in the morning so i was like you know what? i don't work tonight take my car just bring it home in the bring it back in the morning okay and you can drive your motorcycle home he's like wait a second you don't even know me you want me to drive my truck your truck home i go bro it's raining out i don't want you to get wet he's like Okay, thanks. And he took my truck and I saw him the next morning and he came every day after that until he won the world title. No shit. The world title in the UFC. Yeah, he came every day training, you know, every day we trained, you know, until he won the world title. So basically this dude, Jack, knew that when you came there, he had this weird, tough student there. Yeah. A guy who was like weird, tough. Like yeah. a one in a million kind of like fucking right. noggin. And yeah. then he's like, fuck, he's going to my one of my students is going to beat this guy, this this fucking old guy up. Yeah. And instead Probably, you yeah. and instead you took his fucking girlfriend from him. Yeah. So, yeah. And Chuck. Yeah. Chuck. Uh, Chuck started started after that and came the rest of the time. And, and, um, and when did you realize you were friends and did you have a protocol about not um, becoming too close to people like uh, your students and friends relationship? Do you have any rules? Like, no, I hope not. I wouldn't be with Heather right now. That, that, that's, she was a or, student. All, she, she was a student and I wouldn't have had sex with Chuck if that was a rule. Good point. Good point. Uh, any kids together? Chuck you, or you and Chuck. Or, <laughs> you know how ugly that kid would be? Oh my God. Can you and you wouldn't be able to understand a word it said. What a what He's a crazy what a crazy oh good point what a crazy story uh and and so you were there from his amateur fights to like someone someone calling him from the UFC and saying get your butt down here to the whole and I really? guess was he your first fighter in the UFC? Yeah yeah yeah. And the UFC yeah. was in its infancy basically. I think he was my first. I had a couple little kickboxers or boxers here and there, a little an amateur fight here and there. But most of my training was uh, a belt to get belts, Hawaiian Kempo, uh, training in my backyard to get in shape or get a belt. I never really had anyone that wanted to fight uh, until, well, no, Rick, Rick fought a few times, the Pitt Malibu guy. So he had a few amateur fights. But, yeah, Chuck was the biggest one that came along. John, um, 
what do you think? This is totally off subject here, but what do you think about Tyson Fury? I'm completely enamored with uh, his style as a big guy. Should I be? Uh, I mean, should, should or shouldn't? I mean, it's up to you. I think I think I love him. I think he has a great style. I mean, it's like, what uh, is that? I, I I mean, I'm not. A, I'm just a boxing fan. I'm not like a, 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 an expert by any means. But I've never seen a big guy box like him. I feel like I'm watching something from the 1950s, like some like old black and white footage. Yeah, he's he's like Tyson, like his namesake, right? Um, like Tyson, um, he's a he's not just a fighter. He's a he's a student of the art. And what does that mean? I've heard when people say that. What does that mean? That means like. Um, like uh, I'm trying to think of the two. I'm, t- I'm trying to compare them. Like, like, um, like Glover. Glover. Glover's a great MMA fighter, but I don't think he knows like all the fighters that have come up through the years and their styles and what made them and what what broke them. And you know, he just knows what's coming up now, and he's a great fighter. Um, I think Chuck. Chuck might have been more of a student of the game. Like he knew this guy and that guy, and this guy came up with this and his specialty was this. So I think that's how Tyson, Tyson was like that. Tyson was a yeah. student of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Tyson knew all about, you know, different, the peekaboo. I mean, he got the peekaboo style and he learned different things like from Joe Frazier and shit, you know? So he, he was a student of the game. You know, he wanted, he wanted to take the best of the people who came before him. Hmm. And do you see any you and you so you do like Tyson Fury? Do you think Tyson Fury is the the best heavyweight who's ever fought? You think he's better than Tyson? I don't know. I don't, I, I can't do like 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 okay. remember they to do those like the yeah, yeah. they to put this guy they put Ali against R- Rocky Marciano and they used to try to computerize them and put them together and and you just can't do that with mainly fight sports because the chin, once the chin gets touched, everything else goes out the window. It doesn't, nothing matters once you touch the chin, you know, somebody can be great, terrible, this and that. And once you touch the chin, uh, the fight's over. Like the chin, like the, like the X factor is the chin, like the power. Cause you could grab, grapple someone, finally get their back, then finally latch on to a, to a to a choke you can get a choke or an arm bar this or that but it takes steps to do it you know it takes steps to get someone down then you don't get them down then you try again you let know, me okay let me rephrase it do you think do you think fury's as unique as mike tyson yes i think he's as unique yeah yeah me too just in a different way yeah but yeah i can't even believe my my thing about the chin is once you touch it once you touch it i mean it's just like that like Everybody wanted to take Chuck down, right? And they took a lot of time and some great wrestlers, but they they have to take him down, always knowing that while they're trying to take him down, if he touches their chin, they're going to sleep. But if they take him down, he'll probably get back up. Now, if they get his back, they might be able to get a choke, but all he has to do at any point is touch their chin and they're going to sleep. So the so you know that that's how I feel like is with, with Tyson. It's hard to play that because when he touches someone, they go to sleep. Tyson Fury, as great as he is, he relies more on points. 
and his his skill and his length and his and and his uh you know his, his conditioning which is unique which, for a heavyweight right a six eight guy who's fucking 300 pounds this to, to you to rely on points right that's pretty unique yeah yeah i mean it's unique but i mean I, i've seen it you know but yeah he's not a he's not uh He's not known to just put you right to sleep. He's known to just beat you up. Um, let me ask you another uh, question about a fight. Did you see the fight between um, uh, Volkanovski and uh, Islam Makachev uh, a, a few months back? Um, it, it, Volkanovski was going for the – he's the 145-pound yeah, champion, yeah. and they, was, they were kind of fighting for the pound-for-pound pound title. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember, but he Islam took Volkanovski's back – took his yeah. back – had yeah. the leg, I think it's called a leg lock on him. And Volkanovsky from his fucking back beat this fuck the shit out of this guy. Like in a move that that 99% of people would have been fucking right rear naked choke. The guy was put getting him in a rear yeah. naked choke. Had the is it called a leg lock when you when you have your what's that like a figure four. Yeah, yeah, like a figure four. He basically had the his ankle in in his behind his other knee and had him locked in there. And Volkanovsky punched him like this. Fucking 40 times in the fucking face. Beat the fuck out of him from his back right there and was yeah. laughing. Yeah. Did yeah, you remember I, that by any chance? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that fight. Yeah. yeah. Was that are, – are you just fucking dying there? Like just – I mean is that – are you just like that's just fucking incredible martial arts there? Like – That's incredible it, martial arts and he's not dying at all. I mean if he was dying, you know, he, he'd, be, he'd be more worried about the choke but – I didn't mean like dying, like dying, like, like I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm like, maybe I didn't mean, I don't know what I just said, but I didn't mean like he was dying. I was like, he was in a position where it seems like that would be the end of the fight for most guys. And that's that's what I mean. Yeah. But for him, he he, had it under such control. He knew he could do that. Yeah. Have you ever seen that before? And in all your years? Yeah. Ultimate fighter season 11, which I was one of the coaches. uh, My guy was, he, he had, the guy had his back. He had his back and he was putting the choke in and my guy just kept hitting him, cut him. So my, the guy was bleeding, but he kept trying to choke him, but he couldn't. And my guy hit him. The whole round was like that. Like, like from one minute in the rest of the round, he was just hitting him. That was the, and that was the, the decision went to my guy and everybody from the other team was raising hell because my, the other guy had his back the whole time. But my guy punched him nonstop, including cutting his face. So I've seen that before, but it's not common because you want to go for you want to go for position before attacking. You want to go for position before submission. So usually, when someone has that permission uh, uh, position on you, you want to address the submission, and that's much more important than attacking. You don't want to attack till you're out of harm's way, which in his mind he must, must he must have been. He must have known something that a lot of people didn't because most people were like, just fight the choke, get out of the choke first, turn around. But he must have felt confident or else he wouldn't have been doing that. Uh, Volkanovsky. Right. Yeah. And he lost, right? Decision. He lost the decision, but in the viewers' minds, I mean, he won round five, right? So, like, that's the weird thing about the point system, right? Like, Volkanovsky beat this guy up who he was supposed to lose to in the fifth round, he probably lost the first four rounds, but in the fifth round, by then he was beating the shit out of him. One more round and Volkanovski would be fucking the champ champ. Yeah. You think, yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I 
thought of it that way, but I, I, I don't remember that fight that well. But I remember I thought, you know, Volkanovski won, but I, but oh, you did think you won. Okay, see, well, there you go. Yeah, but, but it was close enough where if I, I always think about it, if it's close, if it was, I was in the guy's corner, would I complain? So that fight was not, it wasn't, it was so close. If I was in Volkanovski's, Volkanovski's corner, I wouldn't have complained. Would not have. No. Okay. It was I would close. not have either. It's it's weird when a fighter saves his increases his stock and his dignity even when he loses, but you see it. Yeah. The, the, yeah. You see it. You see it. Yeah, you see it quite a bit. It's um, and it is more a lot more uncommon than if they win, obviously. But yeah, there are guys that like I've seen Magni, his his I've seen his stock go up. After a loss, I've saw I've seen it happen to uh, Glover. You know, um, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, that. What was that like when when um, in the fifth round of that fight with the the guy with the ponytail, Prochaska, Pro whatever that guy's name, Probiscus? Glover was winning. Was that that was in the bag, wasn't it? He won the fight. And then, and then, and then, with 15 seconds, let you know you hate this. You hate this subject. It, it, it was it was so miserable. He had he had he had uh, he, he had, tapped with it, like 15 seconds left. Yeah, it was like it was. Yeah, it was pretty bad. In it, the fifth round, it was the last round. He had won all four rounds on on all four cards. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, all four. I remember it was something crazy. He was. He was dead. Even he was on his way to a, yeah, and just he just got caught that one. But you know, a lot of people were complaining about he made this mistake and that mistake, and so easy to do from the chair on the outside watching the TV. You know, oh, he shouldn't have got that guillotine. You know, he shouldn't have. You know, he tried for that guillotine, and that's what started the whole thing. But you know, people don't realize this guy was fucking hammering him. And he got tagged, you know, and he was rocked, you know, and he's, you know, Glover's fucking, Glover's a fucking beast. So he's trying for a guillotine, didn't get it. He ended up on the bottom and, you know, went went sour from there. But people don't realize that because they've never been punched in the fucking face, you know. So. And then I, he I was, gets. I was not at all like, he should have done this, like. You know, just like, fuck, I love you, bro. You're a fucking, I love you, you know. But, you know, some guys, you know, oh, you should. I heard, you know, certain people like after the phone, oh, you should have done this, should have done that, should have done this. Yada, 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 yada. It's like my cock, yada, yada. Right. Uh, you ever, do you say cack instead of cock ever? Uh, sometimes. I like to say <laughs> cock like, I like to pronounce cock, C-A-U-L-K, like cock. Yeah, like uh, my gym, my the gym floor uh, in my uh, is coming up a little bit. And, um, can we get some black caulk uh, to 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 adhere it down? Because my tiles are black, right? So I love black caulk. Uh, wow. Yeah, I never yeah. thought of that. Yeah, I, I use it more like cack, like uh, suck my cack. I mean, or she's sucking my cack, or the you know, why don't you just or suck he's my sucking cack? my cack. Whatever. <laughs> what, I'm not judging. There's, this is a non-judgment gym. Don't forget, I have the world's only, the world's only bisexual, bipolar, bilingual fighter. He fought in the UFC. He fought the number one guy in the UFC. Who'd he fight? He fought um, 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 Antonio Bonuelos was my guy, and he fought the guy from Chicago, the tall Mexican guy. 
He was number one in the world. And I can't remember his name. And if you looked it up, you'll you'll see it. He's, Who he's the fuck? What weight class? What weight class? Uh, 35. 35. Oh, Moreno? No. No, no. This is way before. This is oh. way before. Uh, no. Who have been the 35s in the... Um... 35, okay, go down. Go down. To one of the, he had a couple lost in the end, but I can't see it. I can't see that at all. Too small. Uh, keep going. Keep going. Oh, Miguel Alba. Torres. Miguel Torres. Oh, that guy was number one. Oh, yeah. 2011. Fuck. I would. I was not even in. I was so fucking wish I'd have been in MMA. MMA then. He beat Scott Jorgensen too. Um. Like then Glover gets this fucking miracle chance to fight for the title again and wins. You must have been just like beside yourself. Like what the fuck did? Like that's never going to happen again for any fighter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not one of my fighters, but yeah. I mean, not at that age. That's ne we're never oh, going to see that age, again yeah. in our lifetime. Get a second yeah. chance at that age and then win. After having yeah. to deal with fucking the whole John Jones shit for fucking in in the visa thing. I mean, it's kind. It's really is a Cinderella story. Oh, his Cinderella story is fucking. I mean, you look at him now and you go to his fucking house and, you know, go to his, you know, he has rentals and he fucking lives this life, you know, just it, 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 he, the way he teaches, you know, the way he, you know, the way he teaches his team and his kids. When, when he came to live with me, when he came here, I had him since his first fight, you know, and he used to, he used to sleep in my uh, guest house and, um, and, um, to pay the rent, I had him teaching kids classes and watching him with, he taught my wife's kids, you know, and um, he was such a fucking good teacher. I've never, I've never had anyone like uh, when they left every parent, every, every student, was like, where's Clover? We love Clover. I mean, he has that, he has that infectious, you know, personality that just everybody loves. Everybody. What's next for you, John? What do you What do you got on the What do you got What do you got on the horizon? What's next for you? I know you said you were going to Hawaii in November to hang with the homies. Yeah. Uh, what's next is just run this gym. Uh, try to keep everybody. Uh, I want all my students to keep their lunch money. That's. I mean, that's it, right? If I said one thing, and when I say keep their lunch money, obviously, if they're in school, that means I don't want them to be bullied. And I want them to keep the lunch money, even though there's, I've been told by my students, they don't have lunch money anymore. It's all on a card. But anyway, so, you know, go now. You know, go, oh. oh, it's not as fun. Oh. I'm going to let you go. Go ahead. Go ahead. We're, we're all, I'm, I'm going to have you we're on again. Done. I'm going to bug but, you again. So that, that's my thing is, is I want all my students to have that where nobody takes their lunch money, whether the lunch money is lunch money or a world title is I don't want to take that. Or if it's a woman getting fucking raped or a guy getting attacked or, or a family getting attacked, I want them to keep their lunch money. I want them to stay safe and, and always go home, you know, be always be able to go home. I want them to stop, stop the threat, always be ready for the fight, always be ready for the fight, whether that fight is life or a real attack. That's my biggest goal in life. Not everyone has Tony Robbins to save them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so lucky. It's 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 crazy how many 
how lucky so many doors I've had open for me because of, you know, like Chuck and Clover and, and, and other, you know, my fighters that those have opened so many doors. I never would have met someone like Tony Robbins, you know, training in my backyard of fucking Royal Grande, California. Uh, all of that's true, except for the fact the luck part. You are a it, it is so obvious what you've contributed to uh, this rock that's circling the sun. Well, I'm about unless you ask um, Eddie Bravo, it's it's not the sun circling us. But either, either, either way, either way, brother John, thank you. Uh, if, there's, you. if you're ever up in Santa Cruz with your beautiful wife, I'd love to take you out to dinner. Um, next time uh, uh, Greg comes out, maybe we'll um, ride motorcycles or drive down and come see you. Uh, when's the last time you saw, you've seen Greg? Forever. I don't remember. I, right. I'll say 2008, nine. All right. Well, we'll be, and you guys were pretty close. You guys were friends, right? You, everything's good. I considered us friends. Yeah. I really liked him and respected yeah. him. Um, the last time I told him I was trying to get in touch with you, he said, hey, make sure you tell uh, Hackleman. I said, hi, if you ever talk to him. So here it is. Hi. And uh, I think our paths are going to cross soon. You're close enough to me where I need to take my I – need, I need to find a, uh, uh Airbnb in slow and, and let my kids train there for a week Arroyo or two. Grande. Arroyo Grande. Oh, Arroyo Grande. Sorry. Is that offensive to call it slow? No, just for, sometimes people do, and then they're, they got a half an hour drive. So oh. a lot of people think I'm in slow because you know it's slow county. But it's right. We're right next to Pismo. That'll be the best place to get one. All right, brother. You the man. All right. Thank Thanks you. Tell your wife. Brother. Thank you for letting us keep you until uh, nine p.m. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Hey, don't let anyone take a lunch money. And, and I hope you don't have a Troy in your fucking neighborhood. We gotta worry about your wife fucking all the time. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, brother. Love you. Love all you, right. Hackleman. <sighs> Tenth degree fucking black belt, and like no one can be like, no, he's not. Like crazy, right? It's pretty wild. Uh, not only an MMA legend, but dude, he's the sandwich. He's Chuck Liddell and Glover Teixeira. Like he was then, and he's now. He's dude, the bridge. Was, yeah, it's fucking crazy, dude. Crazy. He, he almost, in a way, he created his own martial art too. Yeah, he's yeah, propagating it. Yeah, it's fucking nuts. Yeah, it's fucking wild. I found that picture of um, Glover doing an overhead squat. Oh, you did? Yeah. At the at the uh, is it against Nicole Carroll? I think I was pretty much there. I think I was there for that. It's just this one. So I I, uh, I I don't know if Allison's still in the chat, but I'm pretty sure when he did Grace, he did it against Allison in the lobby of the at, of the pit, and I'm pretty sure I filmed it. That's awesome. I would love to f hear her version of that if that's true. Crazy. I don't think any of these guys like. Um, they kind of remind me of themselves. Of, of, they they remind me of me. Not the fact that they're badasses, but they've really compartmentalized their memory. Like they don't waste time like memory memorizing a lot of shit. Oh yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Like John Hackleman's like he's made a priority to remember what he wants to remember and nothing else. Yeah. He probably tells a lot of the same stories over and over. I don't mean that. I mean, like, like, like he does, he doesn't, he doesn't play. He doesn't, um, he's not, uh, um, playing to the, like, he doesn't call I, in the Joe, in the Joe Rogan interview, he refers to, um, uh, 
He goes, yeah, I one time met this basketball player with Chuck. His name is Shaq, o- Shaq O'Neal or something or O'Neal. Okay. And he doesn't call him Shaquille or he doesn't call him Sh- uh, Shaq or Shaquille O'Neal. No one calls him Shaq O'Neal. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like it's his own. He, he just has it, like cack. He doesn't say cock. He doesn't say cock. He says cat. You know what I mean? He, not, right. not that he tells the same stories over and over, but he's his own vernacular. He's playing life to his own drum or his own fiddle or what's the thing he has his own flute you know, yeah i think it's the beat of his own drum thank you the beat of his own drum yeah he's drumming to his own beat and so yeah it's cool talking to him he's fun very eclectic dude yeah it was it was wild how he just slipped in the uh troy fucking his wife thing I, that made me really <laughs> like him uh um Oh, what is this? Oh shit! Wow, we had some guests over for dinner tonight, and they sent a picture of the um, them stopping at In and Out on the way home. Double, double animal style. That must have been pretty shitty dinner we fed them then. Matt O'Keefe's coming on tomorrow morning. Sick. That's kind of cool, right? Yeah, we haven't talked to him in a long time. No, I'm anxious. Find out what's going up on in Vermont. See how Mal's doing. See if he's excited about Dave being back. That would be cool. They got a they got a new um uh is is he the CEO of uh, HWPO? That's his title. I think that's what he is. Yeah. Oh. Um. Find out about um. They they got a, like a new a new gym and headquarters there, right? They got a whole like. Wonder if they got a new sign yet. It sounds like Matt and uh, why did they have a shitty sign? It's just kind of lame considering how big the complex is. They got um uh, um Matt plus Dave. I'm making I'm taking notes here. What what should I ask him tomorrow, guys? Uh, Matt and Dave are like rekindling their relationship. Matt invited Dave up. Rumors of them affiliating. That's weird. Does that um, mean Proven's gonna affiliate now too? It it are you? We, let's talk about this. There's a younger generation. Someone on that uh, game thread. You're on the game thread, right, Caleb? I am. And um, uh, what was that? Someone said something like half the athletes this year are, are rookies. Is that true? Do you remember seeing something like that? I don't remember if it was half, but I think it was a good amount of them are rookies, yeah. More than past years. All right, so that'll be fun. Normally I prepare pretty seriously, but I don't think – well, let me see what's going on over um, – can we see what's going on on HWPO's uh, YouTube page? Is there anything I need to watch over there before, like – what if I type in, uh, I'll even type in, I'll go to Google and type in, um, no, I'll go to YouTube and type in Matt O'Keefe and see if, what, uh, oh, catching up with Craig and Jazz, founders and founders of Hustle, the, it should say Matt and founder, oh, uh, getting to know GoWad. Oh, one year. Oh, there, maybe I'll watch that. Reminiscing with Matt. Maybe I'll watch that tonight while I eat um, a big old bowl of meat. Oh, you know what? I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him if um, I can have. Um, if he can talk to Katrin about Katrin coming on. Katrin, David's daughter. Not anything long. Not like I don't want to like. Just like for, I just want to congratulate her. I just want to say, look, what? 
I just, I just want to, I seriously, I just want to congratulate her. I want to be like, whoa, look at Bruce. Smart Bruce. Good catch. No fasting. No, not today. Uh, I'll do it tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Uh, I had to move my fast. Um, I didn't have to, I chose to move my fast. I, um, but the only thing I have had today was I had a piece of ham and that's it. Oh, uh, I had a piece of ham and I think some cantaloupe and then I'm gonna have a bowl of meat. But uh, no, that's a good, good catch, Bruce. Yeah, uh, fast tomorrow. I moved it. Um, I want to. Uh, I want to ask about. I just want to see. Like, I want to congratulate Katrin. I just kind of want to test the waters. I just want to like see what happens if we're both on the same like screen together. Hi, how are you? Good. Um, uh, incredible comeback. You, you pretty pumped? Yeah. What did you do different? How's it at HWPO? It sounds like you and Ben are still friends. I had him on the show. It sounds like he has a lot of love and he's excited for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just keep it real superficial. Uh, just to like, um, I don't know if rekindling is the word. Um, I just feel it's time. I don't know. I don't know why. I'm not, there's nothing. I don't, I don't, I don't want anything from it. Like if I, except I just, I was pretty angry. That's pretty angry. So see what Matt, if Matt, like Matt might be like, are you fucking crazy? You know what I mean? He might be like, Jesus Christ, dude, you burned that bridge. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like he would be pretty cool about it. I mean, I imagine. Uh, And I'm fine if he does say that, if she's like, Hey, like, like, dude, you, you no, I don't, I don't trust you at all. I'd be like, yeah, fucking a recaturing, recaturing lean, recaturing lean. Yeah. Kinda just. Just to, I just would, I just feel like it would be a nice piece to the story if we could just, um, <laughs> Jeffrey Birchfield. Wait, what were you angry about, Savan? Uh, huh. <laughs> he's he's joking, right? <laughs> he's only told us every episode for the past nine hundred episodes. Yeah, thank you. So, I just uh, healing is good. Do you trip when you see um? Uh, two thumbs up from like Facebook. Like, do you see yeah. that up there? Because then I can see who did it. That's kind of cool. So one of the people's name is Adolf. Who names their kid fucking Adolf? I don't know, but it's always Adolf and it's always Katie. Wow. They're they're most consistent. It's good. I like it. Did you see the new um, uh, banner for the YouTube page? Yeah, I was tripping about that earlier too. Okay, like, tell me why. Tell me, be honest, Minty. What What do you think about it? Be honest. What do you think about it? No, I like it. But you it was, do like it, it. It was weird because I saw it on every episode, and I was like, "Did somebody accidentally just add them all?" But then I realized it was the new, like the default. Like it. Yeah, it's, it's cool. So I'm struggling. I'm struggling because I don't want to be CrossFit show. Oh yeah. Okay. But I am. I'm like, I'm, I'm like. Well, we're in the season of it. I, I know. That's, that's what the person who made it said, too. That's what. It, but like, can't we sprinkle in like Volkanovsky or other people we've had on or. um, um, You know, their Tia's picture was up there and they changed it to Daniel Brandon's. And the reason why is I was like, I've never had Tia on the show. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Um, We should. There should. Hmm. I have a good idea. We should have like a collage of all the people we've had on the show. Yeah, I want to have like Patrick Bed David, 
um, uh, Volkanovsky. Um, I, I, I had made Tommy a list. G. Who? Tommy G. Oh, yeah. Tommy G. Uh, Alex Stein. Yeah. I made a, a list. Let me see. Um, oh, you guys, I'm about to make a new affiliate commercial. Did I tell you about that, um, Caleb? No. I was just thinking about that the other day. Ty Emery, Kelly Baker, Hans Kim, Don Fall, The Liver King, Thomas DeLauer, Marcus Philly, Colton Mertens. How could Colton Mertens, Devin Lorette, how could Colton Mertens not be up there? And the guy who made the banner is like, well, dude, he's not even that big. I'm like, dude, he's like he, he's like my um, North Star kind of. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? He's my ma- – that's the show's mascot. Like it, like – We've hitched our hitched our wagon to Colton for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yes. I mean, yeah. we've just evolved with them. Yeah. Like, what do you? What the fuck? Yeah, it's pretty wild. An Allison NYC episode. I got, that kind of does need to be done. The thing is, is I'm like friends with Allison. I need to figure out how that works. I probably need to talk. That's like one of the few where I need to talk to the person beforehand. Yeah, how do you interview somebody you know really well? It's not only that. Yeah, it's like, 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 um, like I'm not saying I saw this, but let's say I saw her pooping behind the bushes at Greg's house. I, can I bring that up? Like, I just, I don't know where the boundaries are. I never saw Allison poop anywhere, by the way. I'm just saying, if I, like, if I did. Like I'd be like, I remember that one time. Uh, Daniel Garrity, uh, CrossFit needs to uh, clip some of those Nicole Carroll quotes from the PRs All Day podcast and turn them into commercials. Dude. I, d- <laughs> fucking brilliant. Hey, you guys, the CrossFit update show is murdering. I think I'm changing it to the CrossFit game, uh, the CrossFit update show instead of the CrossFit games update show. Or what if we just play with the title? Like we go back and forth. They're all numbered the same. But sometimes we leave out the word game. Sometimes we put it in. Yeah, sure. But it's still one, two, three, four, five. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dylan Dyke, Sebon will be leaving us for his old job uh, at CrossFit. Dude, there's no way. <laughs> Thank you, though, but there's no way. You get to episode 999, and that's it. There's, there's, there's just no way. Um, okay, so you want to know what the commercial is going to be? or sh- Do you think I should tell everyone or surprise them or – I think it should be a surprise to everybody. Okay. It's cool. I'm so proud of it. I saw it the other day and I'm like, I, I, saw, it's, I saw someone else's Instagram post. And I'm like, oh my God, I need to like, you remember those two commercials I already made? The L1 and the affiliate one? Yeah, I so love this them. one. This one's kind of like a hybrid. It's both. And I just, I was just like, oh, this is so good. I have this, this is so good. That's exciting. Um, I even listen when my girlfriend bitches about it. Oh, good. Where's Pam? Someone wrote, hi, Pam. Who's Pam? Yeah, my cat. She was... Oh, that's your cat's name? Yeah. How do I not know that? Uh, she doesn't come around very often. Your Pam? cat? No, I see your cat all the shows. I didn't know oh. its name. Yeah, yeah. Pam's the cat. And then Chaos is the dog. She's right below me, actually. Has anyone ever seen the dog? Um, I posted about her, but she does, she can't make it up here. So Seema boobs. Do you live in Africa? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't know why I think that's funny. Just like, like, hey, uh, Seema, you don't by any chance live in Santa Cruz, California. Do you want to come over and eat a bowl of meat with me? <laughs> you know, it's like... <laughs> You live in Africa. Do you live in Africa, Rambler? Where do you live? I don't give Rambler hardly enough love. You know why? why? I think because look how it's spelled. Like I'm always afraid to say it. Like if it had an e in there, I might say it more often. When I see it, I just like I probably shouldn't say that word. You think you think of a uh, hustle and proven? That's what you think of when you see. Oh, like just words with out. like letters with like words with letters missing. Yeah. Uh, my manager at work tried to give me shit about watching a podcast at work. So I said, it's no different than him watching CNN. He stopped giving me shit. Oh my God. Your manager yeah. watches CNN at work. It's a very good argument though. That's good. What kind of fucking job is that? What time is it where you're at? Uh, 1213. What time do you work in the morning? I don't work for the next two days. So. Oh, no shit. I'll be around. Oh, you will. Mm-hmm. I have some great shit for the live calling show. Perfect. Do you, want, are, are, do you want to try any peptides? Uh, I considered it. Yeah. Let me know. Okay. I know a guy. Sweet. Get the hook did, up. You, did you see that we have a? Um, did you see? Um, we should get one of these for BirthFit and for Paper Street Coffee, too. Did you see this? Um, is it in brands? Oh, is it the QR code? Yeah. Yeah, that was sick. Oh, shit. He fixed it, too. So, someone fixed it. That's, That's nice, right? Yeah. It's so easy. QR codes? Like, using that. Yeah. I, what's funny is that shit's been around for, like, fucking... 10 years and i just started using it in the last month qr codes i didn't even know that really? like i didn't know you were supposed to just point your camera at it oh yeah i think a lot of restaurants around here started using them as menus now so like you just have, you have to they don't give you a menu you just have to scan the qr code at the table and then, and then you right. get the menu and you're good to go yeah i don't know if the i don't know i don't know if the i don't know if it's helping i don't know i'm only like six or seven days into it i don't know but I've started doing some pull-ups. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't feel perfect. I'll tell you that. I was in and Philly I, and I uh, I saw some of the needles you were using. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I'm done with the needle, I throw it as hard as I can and it lands in Philadelphia. Just tell me that story. You saw my needles in Philadelphia. Tell me where were you? That's awesome. At first, I was like, wait, what's he saying? <laughs> where were you that you saw? Uh, no, I was actually in Philly. Um, we went. My wife took me to a baseball game for my birthday and uh we were just How walking around Philly from your house where do you live I thought you lived in iowa no no i live i live in virginia why am i so confused always about where you live it's like i have selective listening it's okay memory um so I, I, it's like a six hour drive we drove up there watched the baseball game and then we were walking around just downtown philly trying to find just a place to eat um breakfast how many hours is the drive uh, about five and a half six hours okay yeah um and we're just like walking around and there's like these kids just hanging around on the sidewalk you know punching each other and whatever and we're just looking down at the sidewalk and there's like an orange cap and like a completely broken 
uh, syringe just like that. And then you can see like burn marks um, like on like a little thing. I don't know, something that would have held a rock or something. And it's just like sitting there in the middle of the sidewalk. And I was like, oh, there's your heroin. Um, I saw I saw a dude cleaning these at the drinking fountain um, um, at the skate park the other day. A homeless guy, a drug addict, cleaning needles in the in the in the drinking fountain. That water is not going to clean that. Oh my god, that's terrible. Uh, do what? Come on, Sevon, you need to get out more. Get out where? What? What did I do? Uh, no. Uh, is the is giving yourself the shot getting easier and easier? No. It's pretty easy. On a 1 to 10, it's a fucking 1. I mean, it is so easy. But it is not getting easier. Like, when I do it, I still, like, I'm like, I have to, I, if I, I don't ever stop and think about it. I just kind of pick a spot. And, um, and actually, I've been doing some reading about what peptides are and with their relationship with tendons. And basically, I need to get it as close to the tendon or into the tendon is what it sounds like. So I've been, like, it's not something you want to do like something stopping you from like I flex my arm just a little bit not flex like as in flex the muscle but like I bend it and then right I, I don't know what that is right there but it, I think it's the t- a tendon mm-hmm. and I fucking hit that thing and so I have to break through two layers I feel it break through the skin and then I feel it break through the tendon and then I fire it in there that's and uh, what that's pretty trippy yeah it's weird but it doesn't hurt when I was in school, we were learning how to give IVs, so like put needles in veins and stuff. And they were like, oh, have you ever like done it to yourself? And I was like, yeah, sure. So they gave us needles and we all set up like an IV and we all like gave ourselves IVs. And it was the weirdest feeling ever. To do it to yourself. Ooh, yeah. You don't mind if someone else does it to you. Yeah. If somebody else does it to you or if I'm doing it to somebody else, it's whatever. But like doing it to myself and having to like guide the needle into my vein is weird. Very trippy. Um, someone said here, um, um, what is it? Uh, here, unsporty Beth was the homeless guy wearing a mask while cleaning the needles. Oh, remind me to tell you guys something about sporty Beth that I saw the other day. Um, oh was the homeless guy wearing a mask while cleaning the needles? No. But it's it's so funny to see that something must be happening because in California, in my area, I'm I'm seeing people wear a lot more people wearing masks again. So some I don't know what like I don't watch those news shows, but something must be happening in California because I used to not see them at all, and now I'm seeing them again. Like mm. one out of ten people, it's it's back. Like I'm seeing masks, like even at the beach and shit. It's weird. It's weird. Um, I I made a post. Uh, a, a, a month ago, uh, sporty. Be- it, it was. Uh, it was that. Um, it was the Reebok post when Reebok posted like their the guy in the skirt or the girl in the skirt or the whatever that thing is in the skirt. Yeah. And I, I posted something on there to her, like she was offended by something, and I was like, "Hey, dude, like, just be on- like." She was like upset, like someone called her fat or something. I'm like, "Hey, dude, you are fat. Just like I have a big nose. Like it doesn't matter. Like stop it." Stop being a weenie. And she wrote something back that I thought was like kind of pretty cool. She wrote, oh, there you are, you fucking wanker. Or, or there you are you being a wanker like usual. And I thought, 
oh, this is kind of, it felt kind of civil. Do you know what I mean? Like, I kind of liked her for that. Yeah. Well, like, she didn't, she didn't call me like a, like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, some woke term. Like, come up with just some bullshit. Just like a legitimate insult. Yeah, just like, oh, look, there he is himself. The, the king wanker himself or something. <laughs> and I was kind of like, all right. All right, I'm feeling you on that. That's cool. Yeah, I think I saw that too. That was pretty funny. I want to ask her to take that video down that says Sevon the most toxic man in CrossFit. Really? I want to ask her to. Like, hey, um, do you mind taking that down? Not because I really want her to take it down, but it just it she seems like ask. just a, like a civil thing to say. Yeah. Hey, I was wondering, do you know that <laughs> you know that video about me that's on the internet? Sevon the most where is that thing? If you type in my name, does that thing come up? If you Google my name, that would fucking be great. I would love that. Sevon Matosian. Um, uh, oh, it yeah. Does. It fucking does. Oh, my God. It's one of the first ones. <laughs> Are you pulling it up? Yeah. That's not cool, dude. That's fucked come on, up. Dude. Are you trying to court her? <laughs> I mean... Not not trying to court her. I wouldn't. I mean, I have a wife. I don't court anyone. But um, yeah. Well, dude, how about just I typed my name into Google. If you type into Google, it pops up. There's yeah, a picture. That's what I did. Oh, you did. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Jeez, Louise. It gives you a bunch of pictures. Your fucked up shoe, and then sporty bass video. <laughs> God, you think she realized that it actually hurts your feelings, and she'll feel remorseful and take it down? Well, I want to. I want to admit something to all of you guys. I gave this video a thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> I don't normally do that. She blocked me. It's a pretty harsh thing to do. Uh, I, don't, I wonder if she blocked me. It's a pretty harsh thing to do. Um, to make a video like that about someone. I mean that's gnarly. What effort? What um what 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 is her name? Sporty Beth. Is, yeah. is that what it is on um Instagram too? Yeah. Oh. She blocked the podcast account. Oh, she hasn't blocked me. That's amazing. Man. Um, uh, someone wrote someone on the comments wrote he's the type of guy that wants to use the n-word so bad what do you mean I do use it I'm, I'm, I am black I've told you I've used it a million times on this show he told me racism doesn't exist it, it, well it exists but I've said to you it exists between your ears he's, a ho he's horrible and a dunce I am so not horrible might I be think, a dunce. I, I, I mean, I'm open to being a dunce, but I'm so not horrible. Even empirically speaking, I am not a horrible person. Uh, objectively speaking, crazy to see so many people here supporting him, and butt hurt over this video. I think is this a compliment? Someone wrote, "That's an underfunded guy." If I've ever seen one, does that mean they wish I got more money so I could 
like my voice deserves to be heard more or is that a put down i can't tell underfunded sounds like it's a like they wish more for you yeah i mean fuck dude i i had i had uh i had um uh we all are sevon yeah we all are black Listen, listen, I, I listen to so much rap music still to this day. My son just performed, my six-year-old just performed a rap song at a um, birthday party on, um, on um, karaoke. I am a full-blown brother. Let me see if I can find it. This is it. No, not that one. He performed. He that was Kiss. He performed Kiss also. My son, my six-year-old, sung this tonight. That's awesome. It's got to be a black guy, right, with that voice? For sure. All right. What a weird comment. He wants to use the N-word so bad. I pull my sheets over my head at night and just say it. So... <laughs> we live with fucking retards, dude. We're stuck on a rock with people who have the chance to be enlightened and instead they've chosen to be. Oh, Steve Flores says that's not black. That's uh, Tisto house music. Yeah, still. Oh, so they just slowed down a white guy's voice so it was deep and sounded like a black guy? Let's get down, let's get down to business. Plus, isn't, that yeah. the, isn't that LMFAO or something? Dude, dude. Uh, I don't think so. I thought Tiesto just made the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Then the voiceover was another artist. Hmm. All right. Well, anyway, I, I wanted that to be a compliment towards Sporty. Uh, Beth, like, hey, like, that's cool. We tussled a little bit. We have a Formula One fan here. What is CrossFit? <clears throat> hey, um, uh, third rock from the sun. Uh, I watched, uh, so you guys want to see something uh, pretty fucking cool movie. I, we have this guy coming on. His name is Sean Heb Hibbler. Sean Hibbler. H I B B L E R E R. Hibbler. Hibbler or Hibbler or. And he's a director of uh, he, he makes a bunch of movies through a um, media company called Hibbler 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 -er Productions, and he's coming on the show. And I watched his movie last night about uh, he's made several movies about the Earth being flat. And I watched one last night, and this morning I woke up and my wife's like, "What's up?" I'm like, "I might be a flat earther." <laughs> no way. <sighs> I'm, I don't know what to fucking think, dude. It's such a good movie. What movie is I, it? I really enjoyed it. I, the thing is, is I don't give two fucks uh, if the earth is flat or not flat. The The main premise of the, that I wanted to really understand is why does anyone care other than like if it's functional to your job. You know what I mean? Like if you're sending rockets up or being in a boat or like, 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 I don't, I don't see how it's like a direct reflection on the importance in my life outside of, of me to know, do you know what I mean? For me to know, like I could just, I don't know exactly what gophers are doing, but I believe that they're bad for my yard because shit's dying in my yard. Like, 
That's a fucking horrible comparison. But anyway, uh, here we go. I'm not, a, I'm not a flat earther, but I do enjoy the subject. Yeah, I think that's probably me too. Yeah, I, I really was enjoying the... It's fascinating. Uh, F1 fanatic. Look at you already participating. Because the earth is not flat. Yeah, fine. Then, but but um, yeah, okay. Then it's not flat. And they, what's crazy is the movie starts by making fun of like people who the, they call us globalists. Globalists? <laughs> The globus. We yeah. believe that it's a globe, and they and he fucking fucks us up. It's so good. It's it's like yeah, they think it's like just a pancake floating out in space, and they like they say all these, and that is what we think about flat Earth. Like he nails everything that we all think about them, and they're like, and that's not it because they haven't spent even five seconds trying to understand when we say the Earth is flat, what we're referencing, what we're saying. I was like, wow, well, okay, I'm gonna give it ninety minutes. <laughs> Sema boobs. My boobs are globalists. Massive globalists. Is this the uh, is this the Sema that used to be the Sema? Yeah, yeah. That's so, that's Sema. So that Sema turned into Sema pussy. Uh, turned into Sema boobs. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I love Greg's face when I read her name when he's on the show. <laughs> he just lights up a little bit I, I, I feel like we we corrupted her kind of like this show um your show liberated her yeah 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 that's what i meant not yeah wow there it is clock said it i was boy I mean you were on the same um kind of thought process yeah not not corrupted you're right liberated her yeah totally everyone's like fuck it <laughs> hey thanks dylan that was pretty crazy that was a great get thanks for getting hackleman on uh, i wasn't joking I, for since i started the podcast i wanted him on but i was kind of like i didn't i didn't feel like i had the chops but today i was like so excited to have him on i was like full steam ahead let's fucking do this and he was money <clears throat> steven flores i identify as a motorboat hi sema <laughs> I didn't even know what motorboating was until like the last five years of my life. <laughs> hey, you know what? You know, someone at CrossFit, an employee at CrossFit taught me what motorboating was. What do you think now? It's it's when you put your face in the tits and you go, blah, 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 right? Yeah. Do, do you appreciate it now? Yeah, yeah, totally. Someone referenced it. Someone said, hey, I'd like to motorboat Kiki Dixon. <laughs> and I was like, what's the, I was like, fuck, what is motorboat? I went to something straight to something like the, in the butt. And I was like, and the, they told me, I was like, oh. I guess you could do that too. Yeah. Motorboat. You guys need to specify uh, which Hawaiian island for fuck's sake. I think, um, I think the, uh, Caleb knew because Caleb went to a Google earth map there, but you're right. I don't think we said. It's on the island where Pearl Harbor is. How about that? Is that the, is that Hawaii? The, yeah. Is that the main main island, Hawaii? Isn't there one of the islands is called Hawaii? Mm, I think it's a who's in Oahu. Sorry, Rambler, you're right. I should have asked him. Like, what is that island called? Oh, Oahu. Is, is there Oahu. is there an island that's just called Hawaii? Like that one up, like a big one that's called like the Big Island. I think this is the Big Island, and but... that one is just called Hawaii. 
Um, Island of Hawaii. Yeah, it says right there. Oh, yeah. That, uh, there you go. So then there's Hawaii, and then there's the Hawaiian Islands. Maui, Molokai, Honolulu. No, Oahu. Yeah, this is where he, where he was at. <laughs> I'm surprised there's not more SEMAs. Like the name SEMA? Or... Yeah, just like people, you know, like every once in a while, like it'll pop up like Dave Castro's underwear. Like they'll just be weird, random shit in there. I'm surprised there's not like SEMA penis. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, now you've just spoken it into existence. Or SEMA's bra. You know what I mean? We'll probably get a few more. Those are funny. Uh, th- there are, they spell it SEMA. That's not fun. John Cena. John Cena. I didn't see that one. All right. 12.33 p.m. at Caleb's house. It's bedtime. See you guys tomorrow morning, uh, 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, I think I don't think Matto keeps coming on until 7.30, so we'll have like 30 minutes by ourselves. Or maybe, maybe he will come on at 7. Who knows? Um, thank you, everyone. And uh, talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye.